Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag Free, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to person. Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot? Out here in the fields, I fought for my meals. Humanitarian crisis. Emergency shelters opened on Martha's Vineyard after Florida's governor sends dozens of migrants there. We are not a sanctuary state. What they're doing is simply wrong. It's un-American. It's reckless. At some point in time, they have to move to somewhere else. We don't have housing for 50 more people. It's open, not closed. The border is open. It's open because we enter. We come in. And you came illegally. Yeah, we came illegally, not legal. They deserve better than being left in Martha's Vineyard. They deserve deserve a lot better than that. I doubt it. You are fake news. Go back to where you came from, okay? Very fake news. I can't believe that someone will have so much like hate in their heart. Let's go, Brandon! Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Look at that big ass. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone. About that, people often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. and I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Breaking news. I do not have the clip, but just before live, Biden's 60 Minutes interview aired, and he declared the pandemic over. Wow, what convenience. We enter midterm election season, and... uh, Hey, Trump is under criminal investigation and the pandemic is over. What luck. Oddly, uh, Biden also would not commit to running for re-election in 2024. He would only say that it is, it is his intention, but no final decision has been made. Make of that what you will. Perhaps there will be an announcement on that sometime soon. It's fine if he dies. They'll just... Like put up his rigor mortis body and he died many years ago, again. just like Nancy Pelosi and the rest. Hillary Clinton, too. Uh, we'll talk all of that. Plus, uh, well, it was uh, nearly 48 hours of a humanitarian crisis in Martha's Vineyard where um, I, I, I guess all the uh, the all are welcome here. Virtue signal signs were were truly put to the test. Apparently not all was the decision, though, as uh, 50 Venezuelan illegal immigrants have now been moved to a Cape Cod military base after uh, neither vacation homes or Obama spare bedrooms could be secured to house them. A man goes axe crazy at a New York City McDonald's after a fight for what I thought were unclear reasons. Now you're telling me it was a fight over a woman. But I don't According to the that. New York Post, but that guy's clearly a homosexual. I, I so. think he's gay. I think it was yeah. gay George Floyd, and the conflict resulted from that. 
Anyway, he smashed property and he, he intimidated onlookers. And then in true New York City fashion, he was released from custody without bail. Yep. A ridiculously large-breasted transgender teacher in Ontario is somehow not a joke, apparently. We will Are evaluate. Are you sure? I don't know. Maybe maybe not a joke. I, I hope it is high-level trolling. Anyway, mm. uh, the economy, of course, continues to crumble while Biden hosts a party to celebrate. The judge in the Mar-a-Lago raid case appoints a special master. We have an update in the hoax hate that just won't quit. The supposed... Racial heckling at the Duke-BYU volleyball game. All of that continues. The BYU football team was actually heckled for their Mormon faith, at least the school's Mormon faith, yesterday at Oregon. And magically, this moment of bigotry was caught on camera. No one cares. What are you even going to say to Mormons? You're so polite. (laughs) You're so good looking. No, they just said, fuck the Mormons. That's what they chanted. It's not clever at all. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it turns out, though, when you start uh yelling your bigotry in the crowd of a sporting event lots of people turn on their phones and so this one actually was captured on camera we'll take a look and before we get out of here uh have some surprise cringe this is a unique one i'm curious how you'll react to this one because i'm not convinced it's actually cringe it's surprise cringe question mark just like i'm ron burgundy which is our (laughs) movie review tonight anchorman the legend of ron burgundy so Stick around uh, for that. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Of course, we have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have great offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is a brand new one. That's our friends at True Caliber. If you are a uh, hardworking, freedom-loving, red-blooded American, then you're in the right place. True Caliber is an American-owned, American-engineered, and American-manufactured firearms, parts, and accessories company specializing in components for the AR-15 platform. Enhanced end plates, gas blocks, mag releases, bolt catches, trigger guards, and more pamper your rifle with quality parts from true caliber i've installed several of these pieces on my own rifle and i can confirm the subtle things do make a difference so don't get caught with your pants down buying cheap chinese knockoff nonsense pull those britches up and count on american quality proudly made in idaho listeners of this show get 15 percent off all true caliber products using promo code g's 15 at checkout that is j-e-e-z 15 for 15 percent off from our friends at True Caliber. You can find everything you need from True Caliber, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. Uh, One announcement. I will not have any solo videos this upcoming week, nor will we have any call-in show on wednesday the 21st you can cheer for that i guess yeah that's great for everybody including (laughs) the audience uh i am going on an elk hunt starting very early tuesday morning and i will be gone throughout the week so the sunday show will return next sunday uh the 25th as normal Uh, my solo videos in the call-in show will return as usual on wednesday september 28th and that's going uh, broke back uh, it this could is not be. a solo trip. It's uh, it's it's me and one other gentleman. So I suppose the They're opportunity is there. Bow hunting. 
bow hunting elk. No Kevlar deer, bow hunting elk. Biden brought that line back to the uh, to his interview, too. He It's like the 10th he, he time he said it. He circulates these weird lines that didn't yeah. work the first time. I don't get it. Also be aware, uh, I won't be able to check my emails throughout the week, so just be aware of that if you're trying to bring something to my attention. Thank you for your patience. I hope to have uh, something with which to feed my family and a good story for you when I return. Uh, odds are neither. Odds are I come back hungry, empty-handed, and with not much to talk about other than an experience walking around the mountains in the cold rain for several days consecutively. Just make sure you cook that shit to 160. You don't want to get trichinosis. Well, first I have to actually collect it. And then I have to negotiate with the guy who actually takes the shot with the bow to give me some of it. He'll give you some. <laughs> That's just good form. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see if I can do some calls and do some tracking and help out in any meaningful way. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the crazy guy at uh, McDonald's. Yeah, uh, okay. What are the details here? This was So we can't. How much of the video can we show? None. Uh, I, I do have a clip that is available to be shown. I'll explain how censored it is okay. once you go through the details. Yeah. So the suspect, 31 year old Michael Palacios, he walked into uh, the McDonald's at 225 a.m. I think that gives us most of the information we need. Alcohol was clearly involved, right? And he got in, he supposedly got into an argument with three other men, but this New York Post article says that uh, he was trying to talk to a girl and she was like, no, probably called him a fag because he's, he's clearly a homosexual. Um, and then he gets almost beat up by one guy and then he grabs an ax out of his backpack and like starts to brandish it and shatter some glass. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not super great. He was arraigned on fourth degree criminal mischief, an adorable charge that is probably akin to like jaywalking or something and possessions of weapons charges. And then he was almost immediately freed. Yeah, and he's already he's, out. It's not, he's not <laughs> eligible for bail under the criminal justice reforms. Yeah. You can brandish an ax in a New York City restaurant and, and nothing is going to happen. I was curious before live. I didn't look it up. Yeah, apparently you can't concealed carry an axe or a hatchet in New York. I, I had that hunch, but it turns out that is correct. And that's why I got a weapons charge. Apparently, um, as you mentioned, it was almost impossible to get a version of this clip to be playable on YouTube, but he never actually axes anyone. He walks around and smashes tables and glass and kind of uh, threatens people with the axe, but he never actually hits anyone with the axe. Still, Susan wasn't having any part of it. What I can show you based on my several attempts at editing this and getting a couple strikes on my stupid clip channel from Susan is uh, a version where I have basically uh, put still frames over the video. So you get an idea of what's going on with still frames and the audio. My apology for the uh, presentation, but Susan insists. Here's what I can show you. So the fight starts with those guys. He takes a swing at one of them, the backpack man. Right there. They start hitting him back repeatedly. It's a group of like two or three. Then everybody stops, they chill out, and he decides, I'm going to go get a blade out of my back. Oh, shit. And he just starts smash, smashing stuff, yeah. He starts slapping people just sitting at tables and, and menacing them. Oh, 
Then he just gets on his bike and rides away. Now, do we have word on whose bike that is? <laughs> that is so racist. But um, yeah, really. Uh, I love how like the black person reaction to watching a guy smash things with an axe is exactly the same to watching like a a riveting sporting event. People are like, <laughs> okay. "Oh, damn!" Uh, Did you hear what he said? He said, "I'm from New York." N word. He, he said something like, "Yeah, you're afraid of me. You're afraid of me. You're afraid of me." Is what it sounded yeah. like he was saying. He was probably just wasted. I have no idea. Uh, a few possible explanations outside of the official one. Uh, we don't know if cold fries played a role. Remember, cold fries yeah. have caused a lot of vi- uh, violent altercations at McDonald's as of late. Uh, you tell me that the official explanation is not that he's gay, but I I thought he looked a lot like a gay George Floyd with the shorts and his shorts, uh, his yeah. earring thing. So I thought maybe there was some kind of confrontation uh, where perhaps... Uh, someone accused him of being a, a, a person of an alternative lifestyle, and he did not take kindly to that. And maybe, maybe. It, it happened that way. But they're saying it's just a fight over a woman, I guess. I didn't see that in the video, although I only watched it once or twice. No, the <sighs> video just starts with him already in something of a physical interaction with those three guys. We don't really see yeah. the argument that led up to him. To be fair to this guy, I never got the vibe that he was going to start hacking people's faces off. Well, if you watch the full video, I wish I could show it. He takes the swing first and then the other three are just beating on him while he's yeah. sitting there kind of passively at the yeah, trash right, can. Right, yeah. And he's like, all right, all right, it's over. And he, and he kind of rolls his eyes like this is stupid. Yeah. Then he thinks for a moment and walks away about a dozen feet and then thinks about it. And gra- the whole grabbing of the blade <laughs> is like a 30 second process. But uh, it's just a bizarre scene. I, I will. If you want to see the full thing, I will link it in the. Uh, in the description, of course. From the live chat, we was Vikings. Uh, we was Viking. What's I don't get that because one. of that the axe. It's like a Viking. oh oh all right yeah, yeah so it's good. a Nordic weapon I see yeah all right I thought that one was good come on that's pretty good sorry the it, live it chat's over. so clever I sometimes have to shout them out it went over my hey we just farm out our humor to them that way we don't have we to do. be clever it's ourselves yeah. okay stop, um, stop taking credit and just say the jokes. I mentioned this earlier, but when I first saw this circulating on Twitter earlier this week, I thought this was some sort of crazy high school joke. It might be still. We don't know. It could be, but supposedly it's real. Headline Toronto Sun, Halton School Board prepares for backlash over trans high school teacher. And this is not just any trans teacher. This is a man with two apparently sized double Z boobs hanging off his chest. Something like that. Corresponding gigantic utter nipples poking out from the shirt i don't even know first of all i don't know what shirt you're wearing is that just a really stretched out normal shirt or did you get specialty clothing for this second of all those clearly are not implants or something like that this is what a something you strap to your chest to wear like it's a fake pregnancy belly or something yes uh like drag queens they get really realistic skin colored Hmm. um chest prosthesis and that seems to be with this because it's got some move too (laughs) <laughs> it's is it, are, do they feel real if you uh yeah it's uh, got a little sway it's got a little right. uh a little drop it's got a little clearly jiggle. got a little drop maybe not enough drop though given the size of those 
Uh, this is apparently a shop teacher at Oakville Trafalgar High School in Oakville, Ontario. In the viral video, this teacher is seen <laughs> appropriately sawing some wood. There is uh, no sound. Oh, my God. That didn't occur to me. But, but here is here's the teacher sawing some wood in shop class. Or industrial arts or whatever they call it these days. I, I guess good thing this this school still has shop. I thought that had been mostly eliminated in favor of feminist studies or something by now. Yeah, there are other images. I think maybe some other videos circulating, but that's the main one. And uh, of course, obligatory joke makes you wonder if he sawed his own wood that way. <laughs> uh, but seriously speaking, as many are asking, how is that not a safety hazard? The gigantic dangling boobs near the rotating blade. Uh, the hair not tied back. How is that fine as far as a matter of safety? Uh, in addition to just how is any of this fine as a display for high school kids, apparently. But the school stands by this teacher and is creating a safety plan not to deal with the teacher. A safety plan to deal with expected protests, which could happen as soon as tomorrow, Monday. The school board chair says... The school board will protect any employee's gender rights. In a statement, the school board said that they wanted to take the opportunity to reiterate their to the community that they are committed to establishing and maintaining a safe, caring, inclusive and equitable and welcoming learning environment for all students and staff. <laughs> the, the, the teacher apparently taught as a uh, has, has taught at this school for some time, previously taught as a man. The Toronto Sun did not identify uh, this particular teacher. Uh, obviously, the teacher now uh, is, identifies as a woman with a new female name. Um, but that teacher has been identified in this uh, Redux article, which is uh, apparently a feminist news website. The teacher's name is Kayla Lemieux, previously known as Stephen Hanna. Oh, my God. Oh. The, uh, the school board says that this teacher has been an extremely effective teacher for years. Uh, and according to um, Redux, the school board does not appear inclined to do anything about it because any discipline would be viewed as discriminatory uh, a discriminatory violation of the Ontario Human Rights Code. So, yes, you heard that uh, correctly. Parading around comically huge fake knockers with just as comically huge nipples is indeed a human right. And any distinctions otherwise would apparently be unlawful discrimination. Makes you wonder how long until you actually have to let these people touch your kids because anything else is discrimination. Oh, they would let these people molest their kids and then talk about how that, too, is a human right, probably. I'm, I don't know what line the school board or... You don't have the expectation that parents or anybody's going to do anything about this. In a healthy society, and a functioning society, a group of parents gets together and beats this person to nearly to death My, <laughs> this is a, ridiculous in a hypothetical Come on, like, in a hypothetical novel about a healthy well, society good Lord, Susan. these are people that are they're supposed to be educating children like, like when are we going to stop this this is so absurd I, and i kind of understand <laughs> the quartering made a video about this today which i didn't really agree with because i don't think he went hard enough at this tranny he's like if you want to do this on your own now right? he's never going to super chat about his coffee again what have you done yeah really um but he's like these people aren't really hurting anybody i'm like okay you want to like go all buffalo bill and do this shit at your own house um i'm not saying that's fine i we should still try to stop that but when it comes into schools when it comes into churches when it comes into the street like we clearly have to do something 
as a society about this, right? The government's not going to do anything about it. There should be social norms that dictate the acceptability of something like this. My question is how long this has been going on, too, because this teacher has been there for a long time. They say transition to a woman within the last year. So why did this happen within the last week or did this happen for months? How long has this been going on? Why did the video become viral just now? I don't know. Maybe he showed up for the new school year like this. Maybe that's why. Maybe the new school year has just started something like that. Here's a compromise, though. We send this teacher to the border to feed the starving migrants. I would say that's a win win. Is that fair? Fine. Whatever. As you uh, mentioned, my hope is that this... (laughs) This person comes out uh, in, uh, I don't know, this person speaks publicly, which I don't think he has yet, and says, gotcha. That was a whole, that was a gag to show you Maybe how insane. Maybe this is a gag for discrimination, for a discrimination lawsuit. Though. Yeah, or just to show how ridiculous you can be and still be protected by the human rights code. Uh, let's see. Hey, uh, speaking of um, touching kids and transitions, I actually have to be very careful about how I phrase and discuss this story because I am not making any such accusation. Uh, I am. I emphasize everything in this discussion is a matter of an accusation of a third party, not confirmed truths. Uh, Nothing in this discussion is to be construed as claims of fact. These are allegations made by others. Everyone is entitled to a presumption of innocence. There we go. Please no. We lost a a lawsuit proof now. You think? Please no defamation lawsuits from Patreon. I can I can indiscriminately hurl accusations now that we've made that disclaimer. (laughs) Disregard everything from this point until the next segment or the next story. (laughs) But recall Patreon, the crowdfunding uh, platform that many, including this show, used uh, before they banned Sargon for saying the N word on a YouTube stream in late 2018. Well, someone claiming to be just say 2018. Yes, it was the end of 2018. Coming up on four years ago, that happened. Yeah. Uh, Someone claiming to be a former employee of Patreon, excuse me, posted quite the spicy review of the company on Glassdoor. Glassdoor is a website that allows for reviews of employers for prospective workers. In this now deleted post, a former employee of over a year's tenure alleges that management and executives at Patreon told their trust and safety team not to take down sexually explicit content of minors, in other words, child porn, unless the police make them with a valid legal order. The alleged former worker says that when management was confronted with the abundance of lewd photographs and other child exploitation content on the platform, uh, their concerns were dismissed and management advocated for, quote, minor attracted persons or maps, MAPs. Patreon, of course, denies the allegation. Glassdoor deleted the post. You can't even see it anymore. It is archived through some archive sites. I actually have a screenshot of the original post as well. I will link it in the description if you'd like to read it. The claim, this post on Glassdoor was posted on August 16th. On September 9th, and this, this person posting it claims to be a, a former member of the trust and safety team at Patreon. On September 9th, Patreon laid off several of their trust and safety team mm. employees. Uh, this story says five confirmed. I don't know how big the team was prior to that. But TechCrunch confirms that they laid off five of those trust and safety team employees. Patreon did not answer any further questions from TechCrunch. Are these connected events? Again, in the interest of avoiding any defamation litigation, I will only offer this information to you. Uh, 
uh, the listener and encourage you to ponder that question for yourself. I can't say anything because I don't want to get sued. I'm not surprised at all by this, but I love how they'll remove you for totally arbitrary reasons, even presumptively, before doing any investigation. But now they allegedly are like, oh, we have to consult with law enforcement before we do anything about this. Yeah. It's like, shouldn't you err on the side of protecting a child and then deal with it later like you do with everything else? I am certainly not claiming this is definitively true. Could I believe it's true? 100%. I would not be surprised to learn it is authentic. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> Chrissy Teigen has thought a lot about it, and she had a life-saving abortion a couple years ago. She's come this to the is realization. So upsetting. I was just so upset <laughs> about the story this week because I remember when this happened, I had like genuine. I, I still have a lot of sympathy for what she went through because she lost a pregnancy at, at 20 weeks. So what happened with her pregnancy was she had a something called a placental abruption. Um, it is a an absolute emergency situation for a woman. It's when the uh, the placenta removes itself from the side of your uterine wall. So your baby's no longer getting nutrients and the blood supply is cut off. And uh, she, I think she had seven or eight blood transfusions and the baby was just not going to make it. And so they, they chose to induce her labor, like knowing the baby was not going to make it. And then the baby died at 20 weeks. So she came out and said this last week, um, I just realized this wasn't a miscarriage that I had, although it, it was, she was at 20 weeks, so it technically, technically was a stillbirth. Um, this was an abortion. And I, I just find this so shocking that, that she would even say this. Um, it is a tactic of the left to, to blur these lines between miscarriage and abortion. And I was reading the comments on this Twitter thread about this today. And uh, everybody's like, well, a miscarriage is called a spontaneous abortion. And that's true. That is the medical lingo for it. But the the key in that is is spontaneous. The entire thing about an abortion is that you're choosing to terminate the life of a pregnancy. If you didn't choose to, then it's a spontaneous abortion. You didn't have the abortion. What she had was clearly a miscarriage or a stillbirth. Uh, I just think that this is an asinine thing to do. But this is what the left wants. They want women that have miscarriages to feel like it's the same thing as abortions or women that have had abortions uh, to feel like they had miscarriages. And to create the impression that life-saving abortions in the way that she's trying to describe are in fact common when in fact they're incredibly rare slash almost never events. If she could have taken that baby to viability, the baby might have survived like two weeks after this. She would have done that. This was not an abortion. Um, and, and like, this seems a really common thing, um, on the left. Like I was listening to my favorite murder, this podcast the other day, these two leftist retards, but one of them said that women are getting arrested for having miscarriages. One of them actually (laughs) citation needed. I would like to see one case. It's asinine. I I don't, I don't understand how people can, can believe that at this point in time. It's you saw a, a a tweet about it. You saw a headline about it and you've internalized that you believe it. It's like we'll talk about the, the BYU chant later with with uh, the Mormons F the Mormons at the uh, BYU Oregon game. I was reading Twitter replies to that and you have half the people saying, well, yeah, but those BYU people are a bunch of racists who chant worse things at at Duke black players. So who really cares? Th- yeah, you saw a tweet or a headline about it a couple weeks ago. You never followed up. You have no idea that that is complete nonsense. And no woman that is that needs to take mifeprestone or anything like that because she's um, because she's had a miscarriage is going to be faced with with any kind of um, 
What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, no doctor is not going to provide that. They're, they're not going to be faced with any kind of resistance from the medical faculty. Nor would you be faced with any kind of resistance from even the strictest anti-abortion state. I've, I've never no. heard. Find me a case of Mississippi, Alabama, any mm-hmm. of those states prosecuting such a thing. I'll wait. I know um, the laws have changed recently after the court struck down Roe v. Wade. It, but does, it doesn't matter. I'll wait. Uh, it's just so preposterous. This, I find this so offensive. Mm. Well, uh, just yeah, just a, a bizarre claim to to politicize. You know what is a very sad moment for a family. I don't mean to make light of that, but yeah, your family went through a very difficult experience, and you you decide to process that by turning into some turning it into some political statement, uh, right? For some sort and of the whole thing was weird. Validation. They brought in um, they brought in a photographer and everything like that, and like took these hmm. these really staged photographs with this with this dead child. I thought the whole thing was just a bizarre photo op for them. And I just hate the way that this has been treated in the media. Well, last quick story here, unless you had anything more to say on that. Mm-mm. Okay. Last quick story before we get into the uh, Martha's vineyard crisis. But uh, of course I will forever want to know the true origin of coronavirus. I yeah. think it's responsible for the biggest fraud ever perpetrated on the American people and continues to be. And as the conspiracy theory, as it was called unfolds, We know thus far that the most likely explanation for the origin of the virus was the Wuhan Institute of uh, Virology in China. We know that at least indirectly, the U.S. funded exactly the sort of gain of function research in Wuhan that possibly, if not likely, developed and even potentially intentionally released the virus, though that's too tinfoily for um, at least major media publications. Well, a new report uh, goes yet another step. Perhaps the virus actually originated in a U.S. lab. Awesome. The medical journal The Lancet has its own uh, commission studying the origins and release of, uh, and response rather to the virus and uh, the lessons we can learn from that. And the headline here might be a little overstated. Um, the Lancet doesn't actually offer substantiating evidence, only that, quote, independent researchers have not yet investigated U.S. labs and that the National Institutes of Health or the NIH has resisted disclosing details that would eliminate that possibility. Still, the Lancet chairman Jeffrey Sachs told a conference in Madrid earlier this year that he was, quote, pretty convinced that Corona came out of a lab, came out of a U.S. lab of biotechnology. So first, it was it was insane to say that this came from any kind of human lab source at all. Then that was all but confirmed. Then it was insane to say that we, as in the United States, had anything to do with it. Then at least uh, some financial involvement was all but confirmed. Now it's insane, and there's no evidence to say that we actually made it. Again, give it a few more months. It will be proven true. Every step of the unraveling of the tinfoil, I've joked and asked how long until it's proven that Dr. Fauci personally engineered it. He... He jokes about that. Actually, remember that sit down conversation he had uh, a few weeks or maybe a month or so ago where he said that I symbolize truth and decency yeah. for so many people. <laughs> yeah. Was that the one where he had a those like rosary or those candles in the background with his face? No, that, that's in his office. This one was like on a stage somewhere. But I have seen that, too. But uh but he made that joke in that particular interview. He, he said, oh, yeah, I I made the virus. Ha 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 ha. Everyone laughed. It's like I, that's on your mind for a reason. It's not just yeah. because people joke about it. I know you know more. Maybe someday we'll find out. 
All right. Uh, the big uh, news story of the week. What was your favorite meme? These was two it, are good. Uh, I, they're top cack. I do like the um, the Barack and Michelle Obama. One. Defense mode Obamas. That was high level for me. Uh, I always love a good Homer fading into the bush and emerging <laughs> with the uh, the sign. Uh, honorable mention to the Babylon Bee headline Babylon Bee. Martha's Vineyard resident calls police to report a Hispanic in the neighborhood not operating a leaf blower. That's how the whole story <laughs> broke wide open. Uh, just in case uh, you doubt, though, about the, the sign meme there. It's not just that, you know, a resident of Martha's Vineyard would be inclined to put up one of those insufferable lawn signs about how we believe in science and all are welcome. Specifically, Martha's Vineyard. Uh, this is apparently the Main Street Alliance, some sort of chamber of commerce or business association in Martha's Vineyard. They have these signs around town, downtown. We respect women. We value black lives. We stand yeah. with the gay community. We stand with immigrants, with refugees. All are welcome here. Hate has no business here. Well, apparently not quite uh, all are welcome here. Some might not have business there, given the expulsion that has since happened, but uh, whatever the case, 50 illegal Venezuelan immigrants, or at least mostly Venezuelan illegal immigrants, uh, were shipped to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. I was I was confused about how this happened, but apparently they came from Texas and the whole thing was organized by Ron DeSantis. They did right. not originate in Florida, but it was facilitated by Ron DeSantis and his government is how this happened. Um, this was immediately declared 50 people is immediately declared a humanitarian crisis, uh, by the government in Martha's Vineyard. They actually released a statement calling it that. And the national guard was called in to assist. And if you're curious about the stats, that is something 50 people in the context of two plus million illegal border crossings in 2021, something in the neighborhood of 0.0025% of the border mm. crisis is this particular humanitarian crisis. Recall uh, 10,000 Haitians living under the bridge in Del Rio last fall. Not a humanitarian crisis. 50 migrants straight up dead in a truck trailer in Texas in June. We talked about that one, too. Not a humanitarian crisis. Obama's birthday party on Martha's Vineyard, which was during Corona. That was more people, more outsiders in Martha's Vineyard for that event than this is. Uh, that was also not a humanitarian crisis. Only a group of 50 Venezuelan tourists is. And... Um, well, good news for all the tolerant on the uh, on the island. Uh, apparently, they've all been booted off. They're already gone. They 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 gave them a bus out of town. Yeah, they did. Um, they took them to the to the base, and apparently, they were all super excited about it. Um, I'm not sure if that's true, but uh, maybe maybe they are. They, they they had the opportunity to stay in these beautiful houses, these lush gardens and pools, and like they they narrowly missed that. But maybe they're just happy to be anywhere at all. Uh, so they were taken to the Cape Cod military base, which apparently has been um, fitted with all sorts of emergency supplies and things like that. So it might actually be a pretty good deal for them. Here was uh, a sh here's a short clip of the bus leaving the island. I think this is Friday. All of this after an apparent mugging by reality. The uh, viral clip of the week outside of maybe the big titty tranny teacher is uh, Martha's Vineyard homeless shelter coordinator, Lisa Belcastro saying at some point, these people are going to have to leave because we just don't have the resources to accommodate them. So they have to go. Yep. 
At some point in time, they have to move here somewhere else, right? We, we cannot, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island, and so we, we don't, we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. Hmm. That sounds uh, convenient. Just got that crunchy hair. Who was that topless lady with the ramen hair? Help me out. Well, there are many famous ramen hair people. There's Chad Kroger from Nickelback. No. There's Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Former- Debbie Wasserman Schultz. <laughs> yeah. She is. Uh, she does have the same Debbie look, doesn't she? You're right. She does. Yeah. Just dump some top ramen all over her scalp, and that's how you <laughs> do your morning routine. Well, uh, at least before the migrants were, uh, I, sh- I shouldn't say forced off the other. They voluntarily left. Apparently they had a, a they voluntarily participated in uh, their departure from Martha's Vineyard to the Cape Cod military base. But before they did, the immigrants blessed the island with their enrichment. That's the CNN headline this morning. They enriched us. Migrants 44 hour visit leaves indelible mark on Martha's Vineyard. Oh, well. Why didn't they stay? Why not continue the enrichment? Yeah, really. Now, these migrants were provided with tables, chairs, cots, food, plus a, a place to sleep for at least one night, possibly two. Uh, but White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says they deserve so much better. <laughs> they deserve better than being left on the streets of D.C. or being left in Martha's Vineyard. They deserve, deserve a lot better than that. I guess the question is why? 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 Yeah, why would they deserve better than that? Uh, they don't deserve to be here. Why do they not deserve an immediate ride out of the country? Yeah. Um, and if, if they do deserve to stay, are there many places better to stay than Martha's Vineyard? Where are the Where's the better treatment that they deserve? Where are we supposed yeah. to send them? Yeah. Well, maybe they do actually deserve better treatment. Maybe Corrine has a point. Because there's some evidence to suggest that the residents of Martha's Vineyard were not as welcoming as advertised, in addition to the evidence of, you know, booting the people off the island. But according to a Telemundo reporter on the scene, many Martha's Vineyard residents did not want the illegals there, but they just didn't want to make those uh, statements publicly for fear of being perceived as bigoted. This report is in Spanish, so I'll have to do my best to read over it. Bear with me. A furious man passed by just a short time ago. He said that his children had to leave this island because there are no jobs or housing. And now they bring these migrants over, deceiving them with those promises. There are also others who blame the Biden administration, saying that it's their fault. They don't want the migrants here, but they don't want to speak on camera either because they don't want to be depicted as inhumane. Right. Right. That's pretty much what I expected. Uh, did you see as you browse through this, uh, these screenshots from the Martha's Vineyard Facebook group? Oh, yeah, this is hilarious. But yeah. I mean, this is also exactly what I expected. Uh, shout out to independent reporter Aiden Kearney, I think is how you say his name. But he browsed through this Martha's Vineyard resident Facebook group to see what they were discussing. <laughs> and some of the posts are uh, are just hilarious. So you've got infighting among the residents about who has extra bedrooms or summer rentals. Uh, one resident's point, uh, one resident points out that Obama surely has room and another responds. Well, that's not the point. Isn't it though? <laughs> what, what's the point? What, okay. And then there's one, there's one self-aware, at least a person who claims, I guess, implicitly to be a Democrat, but has this self-aware post. It reads, 
quote, we who voted Democrat promised our support for illegal immigration and supported a quote unquote sanctuary state. Now the illegal immigrants are being transported to us because our votes agreed to support them. I can't understand how anyone can formulate a logical argument as to why we shouldn't receive these folks. Florida is doing the right thing in uh, helping place these people where they are welcome. I don't understand the controversy. It could be a troll post, but maybe it's a self-aware post. And yeah, not all. I, I grant that certainly not all Martha's Vineyard residents are of this persuasion, but I did look it up. Overwhelmingly most, at least yeah. in terms of people who vote. Do you know the percentage of Biden voting, at least among those who voted? What would you oh, guess? Oh, in, in Martha's Vineyard? Is it is it like above, above 90%? Nearly 80. Not too uh. far off. Just high 70s, like 79. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe there was some poor treatment. Maybe Kareen uh, is correct. <laughs> Speaking of the mistreatment that Kareen was talking about, in a now deleted NBC News uh, tweet... NBC quoted a someone who leads a foundation that helps refugees as saying, quote, sending asylum seekers to Martha's Vineyard is like me taking my trash out and just driving to different areas where I live and throwing my trash there. Is that uh, based? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally based. <laughs> uh, they deleted that one. Uh, Whoops. That, that was like, a, do you remember when Kelly... Uh, Osborne said, like, who's going to clean our toilet? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that one. <laughs> well, as far as this supposed mistreatment, that's certainly not the universal opinion of the illegal immigrants themselves. Now, maybe it is among some of them. We'll get to some of the legal possibilities in a moment. But according to an MSNBC reporter on the scene, several of the migrants said they were actually thankful to Ron DeSantis for sending them to such a wonderful place. There's activists here, Jose, that are saying that these people were victims of human trafficking. They want an investigation from the Justice Department onto what Governor DeSantis is doing, what Governor Greg Abbott is doing, because they're saying that these people are being abused and used uh, to bring a border crisis deeper into the country. Now, I can tell you they are not angry at, at Ron DeSantis. They are actually thanking him for having brought them to Martha's Vineyard, where they were they were very well received. But other people, well, they're saying they're being used as political pawns. They don't resent it for now, uh, and they know they're the lucky ones. Hmm. Well, uh, how unserious are we in all of this? Migrants were also sent to Kamala Harris's house in D.C., I believe those came courtesy of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. And remember, Kamala Harris is the Biden appointed border czar. She's not just the vice president. She's in charge of the border issue in this administration, of course, has done absolutely nothing but shrug and cackle at the two plus uh, two million plus uh, illegal border crossings in last year alone. We'll see how many there are this year. One of the illegal immigrants allegedly sent from Texas to Kamala Harris's house in D.C. was interviewed on Fox News and he said, why, yes, the border is open, contrary to what Kamala Harris says. And we know this because we crossed it easily, illegally. <laughs> Vice President Harris uh, said that the border is closed. Do you believe that the border is closed or is it open? It's open, not closed. The border is open. Do you believe that all the migrants believe that the border is open? Yeah, everybody believes that the border is open. It's open because we enter. We come in <laughs> free. 
No problem. But it's open for you to come illegally, right? Illegally, yes, illegally. That's true. And you came illegally. Yeah, we came illegally, not legal. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so brazen too. He's just like, nothing's gonna happen to me. You're just gonna talk about this openly. Yeah. In in what other uh, context would people? openly admit to committing a crime on yeah. national TV and expect not only expect no consequences, receive no consequences. Uh, like the uh, big titty tranny teacher. I halfway don't believe this guy's real either. This, this is like a, an SNL skit. If SNL was actually funny, it's, yeah. it's just a bizarre conversation. No, I came over illegally. <laughs> oh, that's you're right. You're right. It was illegal. You got me. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Good Lord. Well, maybe we will actually do something about it, though. Uh, at least according to Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre, we will prove ourselves serious about this. And Corinne and Jean-Pierre says we actually have. We spent a year and a half. I should say they have. The administration has spent a year and a half taking unprecedented action to secure the border. Now, what is that unprecedented action? Didn't get a lot of specifics on that front, but they did take unprecedented action just the day prior this being Wednesday, they held a bilingual press conference to commemorate Hispanic Heritage Month. Or this might have been Thursday, actually. But here's the bilingual press conference. Today, we have a special guest to kick us off uh, for the start of the Hispanic Heritage Month. Luisiana Perez is the White House Hispanic Media Director. Gracias, Karin. Hola, mi nombre es Luisana Pérez Fernández y soy la directora de Medios Hispanos de la Casa Blanca. Gracias. Thank you so much, my friend and my colleague. Okay, so just to do the English version here. Uh, today marks the first day of Hispanic Heritage Month. All right, get the hell out of here, senorita. Nobody speaks Taco yeah, Bell. Really? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they ever talk for like 30 seconds. I don't get the fuck. If you're going to speak English, what, what's the point? Why are we doing yeah, this? Exactly. Uh, and Kareem Jean-Pierre's attempted when it, it's so funny when non-Spanish speakers, st I don't, I guess I don't have a problem with you speaking Spanish in an appropriate context, but they, they, tr they try to make it sound authentically Hispanic. Right. And it just sounds like a total joke. Yeah. This I, is I, all a joke. I'm not saying female administrators is the whole thing is a joke. Yeah. And to be clear, I'm not saying this is an appropriate context. I'm saying if you go to like a, a Mexican restaurant, all right, you don't need to roll your R's. They'll they'll understand you. You don't have to be authentic about it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I want to talk about the legal implications here because, of course, um, th that's that's the route this this is going to go, at least if Democrats have their way. Now, we'll talk about the politics of this in the moment or in, in a moment and um, and whether this is something to be celebrated or not. But the appeal of this move politically is that it puts Democrats and progressives in this impossible spot. Seemingly either they can try to uh, to take in these migrants and face the practical impossibility that creates. They've already given up on that in Martha's Vineyard or they can boot them out and then they can squirm to answer why they aren't as accepting as their signs say and then yep. deal with questions about why we shouldn't follow that same logic as it applies to the problem at its source, which is the border. Uh, those would be their choices if they were anything even remotely close to honest, but since they aren't, they're going to do what they often do, or at least they're trying. They're going to weaponize the justice department and the legal system for their revenge. California governor Gavin Newsom and other Democrats are calling on the justice department to investigate Ron DeSantis under some sort of human trafficking or kidnapping charge. 
Now, the basis for that claim would be whether the migrants uh, consented to this travel or not. But even in this Politico story, they note that there's no indication that the migrants were ever held captive. Obviously, they weren't handcuffed on the buses. So the legal analyst that they're quoting says it's really unlikely that trafficking statutes would come into play. What the issue would be is if there was coercion, if there was deception, then they could try to find some sort of criminal or potentially even civil liability uh, under that sort of arrangement. But um, they don't necessarily have a lot of good evidence that the migrants were deceived either or that they were tricked. In fact, Ron DeSantis is saying they all signed releases. He had legal documents prepped and ready to go. So uh, in addition to um, the missing facts on that, that is to say, we don't necessarily have evidence that they were taken against their will or that they were deceived or coerced. The Democrats also have the problem of how you explain Biden conducting over 70 secret flights of migrants from the border to Florida this in November of 2021. How is that not trafficking under the same logic? uh, What did Biden promise them? We need an investigation to get to the bottom of this. Were they deceived? Were they coerced? Uh, But it's not just that now the migrants themselves are apparently filing a lawsuit. Now, I don't know if this is the idea of the actual immigrants or just opportunistic Democrat lawyers who see some potential blood in the water. Um, But the the migrants themselves have lawyered up uh, apparently about 30 of the 50 in this case. They're accusing Florida, Ron DeSantis and the Florida government of discrimination that's right. They were they were targeted based on their race and national origin, they say, which I guess is a violation of their civil rights is the theory. But, but of, they're criminals. Yeah, well, exa- speaking of violations, how you got here, how you're here at all. Let's let's talk about that violation. By that standard, don't we violate the civil rights of all people that we are convicting of crimes? Uh, well, I suppose they would say this is different because they weren't they haven't been put, they haven't gone through the process and had a conviction of those crimes yet. But you're so, detained before you're convicted in the United States as a, as a citizen upon I, committing a crime. I'm with you. If discrimination means free vacation, uh, at Martha's vineyard. All right, sign me up. I'd like to be discriminated against. Sounds cool. When does the plane leave? But, um, but, uh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see where this goes. Uh, just the hubris of this too. Again, I'm not saying that, that the immigrants themselves are leading this. I have my doubts. I think it's opportunism on the part of, Uh, Democrat lawyers, but just on its face, the idea that you're going to illegally enter a country and then sue the authorities in that country for what you view as some kind of mistreatment. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible for someone who illegally enters a country to be mistreated, but there's no evidence here that they were. In fact, there's plenty of evidence that they were given all sorts of accommodations, food, shelter. Um, You know, uh, they've, they've been given legal assistance clearly. So we'll see. Uh, I, I would like to say that there's no legal basis for any of this, but no legal basis has not stopped these people in various other examples of their efforts uh, in the past. Lord. Now, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the politics of this, uh, and I do as well. So I don't know if you want to go first and just whether whether this is a good move politically, bad move politically. Should we celebrate? Well, should we I don't know. What, how should we interpret this? I'm past the point of um, even trying to save this country from an influx of illegal immigrants. And so now I'm like, I'll do whatever for the laws. I don't care. Uh, is this a moral or principled stance of the right? N- no, because it just drives 
uh, these immigrants, these illegal immigrants, deeper and deeper into our country. But they're already coming. They're already here. And so if we're going to destroy communities, they should be affluent, white, left-wing communities. Hmm. Just to get back at them. But That's, it's punitive. It's not good for the country well, or whatever. It, it's not punitive to them, though. It's, it's what they, to the point of the the poster, uh, the Martha's Vineyard resident poster in the Facebook group. This is what we voted for. This is what we want. Um, as yeah, they're a, not going to be saying that for long. Well, <laughs> will, they, will they ever change their votes? Uh, doubtful. Um, as a matter of pure politics... I do actually like this. It forces your opposition to to live by their own rules. I think that's great. Um, as a matter of practicality, I'm with you. This is completely unsustainable, and it's hard to celebrate um, the movement of illegals deeper into the interior as some kind of win. Yeah. But I suppose if you're if you're coming from the perspective of Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis, or people who support this or who are enacting this, that is kind of the point, though, isn't it? It's unsustainable either way. Yeah. Whether these migrants stay in El Paso or whether they go to Martha's Vineyard, if either of those are the status quo and the federal government will do nothing, well, then you might as well make the progressives who want this live by their own standards. So this obviously is not the ideal. This is not the end that you want. But if the status quo has to be a large volume of people coming in with no control of it whatsoever and the state governors as far as I understand, really have no way or authority to deport these people themselves. What do you have left? What tools do you have at your disposal other than to That's keep true. the citizens of your own state at a perpetual, not just disadvantage, but in many cases under threat. There was mm -hmm. a report that just came out. I didn't have time to go through it in detail, but supposedly the Venezuelan government is releasing criminals and sending them to our border. I don't know in what volume. I don't know. That's just something I saw before the stream. So take a look at it, find that information for yourself and vet it. But you know, this isn't in Martha's Vineyard. It's a small amount of people. And their, their biggest issue is um, we don't have a way to house these people. All right. That's a problem. You don't have the resources. Now add on to it. Some of them like to decapitate people on the sidewalk, like what happened in California uh, last week. Then it's more than just a resource problem. It's an, it's an active threat to your community. They should be getting a taste of their own policies, though. Yeah, I, 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 uh, the way I view this is it's, it's, it's completely effective and completely unsustainable. So hopefully we can all come That's to true. some sort of agreement that maybe we should sustain otherwise. I'm not optimistic about that, though. More of this, though. I like it when politicians troll. It's a bold move. It's, it's, uh, I certainly think people who want to see more fight in the Republican Party or more fight among conservatives. Maybe you like this or maybe you're on the other side of it where you say, yeah, the fight is what? The fight is more illegals than otherwise. Great. Great move. Fight wise. I really appreciate That's it. That's true. But they are coming no matter what. Um, but I think that a better strategy would be to send them to uh, leftist cities. that are already bogged down by homeless problems because what we want to do is attack the existing infrastructure of failing leftist American cities. Maybe then we so get MS-13 versus hobo fights. Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> so your Seattle's, your Portland's, like you send 50,000 illegal immigrants to Seattle. Oof, it's going to make Bezos sweat. Hmm. Well, that's all I have to say about this particular humanitarian crisis. I'm sure Ron DeSantis says they're going to keep doing it. They're going to do more. Good. So I don't think this, uh, this is going to stop anytime soon. Um, <sighs> we do have plenty more coming up.
Uh, we'll talk about the not just pending, but active economic collapse. Uh, we got the updates in the Mar-a-Lago raid, hoax hate, surprise cringe, all that. But we should take a break unless you have more to say about uh, the humanitarian no, crisis. Let me open the super chat page. I don't know how I close this. I did leave. We missed one on Wednesday. Uh, it was just really late in the stream. So I wanted to give that uh, person a proper reading. And thank you for your patience. T-Train said, uh, since you were both talking about your children, as we were on Wednesday, my wife and I are having a baby girl in four months after she's born. What do you think the, is the most important thing I can do for my wife to make her life easier during the recovery? That's probably more of a you question. Cook meals. That was really helpful. Mm. Um, my husband didn't do that, but we had a meal train. So that was really, really helpful. And then uh, cooking and cleaning is what women fall behind on after they have a baby. Mm. So if you can pick things up. If you, in, in that regard, what else? Jeez. Oh, bring her water. Bring water. All right. Just wherever she's sitting, because you're just stuck under a baby all the time and you get dehydrated and you can't get up. And yeah. Just bring her water. Just no matter where she is, just bring gallons of water to her. From the male perspective, the only thing I would say is, uh, and, and I don't know your wife, obviously, and I, so who knows, but I do know that the whole experience is, um, is a very hormonally charged one. And so there can be various effects of that. So just, uh, you know, take it easy. Uh, try not to, try not to react too strongly to anything. I'm not saying I did, but you know, just, uh, it, it's a wild experience for her childbirth. So, you know, be as uh, understanding as you possibly can be. It really is. Yeah. You do all this hard work and then you just have to deal with this screaming kid. Yeah. Um, Robin D. Banks, Matt and I once made tacos. He said I wasn't well endowed enough, so I wore giant fake biddies. When I showed up, he said, That's disgusting. Why, Matt? I did it for you. <laughs> well, thank you, Robin. Uh, I hope they are just as nice as uh, the Ontario teachers. Max says, Can't watch tonight on, hockey, on a hiking trip in Europe, but wanted to support the show regardless. Thanks, Max. Have a good trip. Thanks. Robin D. Banks, Matt and I once made sausage, said his home was a sanctuary for anime waifu pantsu. When I showed up, he called the National Guard to remove my panties from the area, actually send more soldiers. Robin. Although I like the, the funny Matt, Matt and I made love. She is a chick. She's still gay. We've established this. <laughs> Holden Mulray. Fascism is Latin fascia, a bundle of sticks, e.g., if state, media banks, paramilitary, academia, and corporations all colluded to strengthen top-down control, but here in the U.S., we have dough. Um, people do misuse fascists constantly. Uh, I constantly see it. Uh, well, there are fights all the time about re whether there's a such thing as left wing fascism. The, the argument is that fascism is inherently right wing. But to me, it, it I, I don't necessarily care if you're, if you're bent on the violation of individual rights. I don't care the reason why you're doing it. I don't care if it's a quote unquote right wing or left wing reason. Um, you know, I don't necessarily care if you're doing it for the purposes of ethnic purity in the case of uh, right. the Hitler context, or if you're doing it in the case of forcing my kid to submit to a big titty tranny teacher. Either way, if you're violating the rights of the individual to achieve it, I, I don't much care. Agreed. Um, I bought PN. No, no. Thank you, sir. Daniel Kunkel. It seems this country suffers one setback after another under Biden. The Martha Vineyard story, however, did make me smile. The elites getting the, a taste of their destructive policy was well played. That's true. Now all we can really hope for is a uh, schadenfreude and uh, being vindicated. That's I wonder where they're going to pick next. 
Because Ron DeSantis said there will be more, but I don't know if he said more specifically to Martha's Vineyard. Will they? There are some areas in Massachusetts and hmm. and Connecticut, I'm sure. Like New Haven or something. You know what would have been great is if they could have, uh, like if you could mix up like uh, an ongoing evergreen situation, you know? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I don't know that we have a, con- or, or Chaz, you know? Yeah. If you, if you yeah. had an ongoing area of social justice conflict like that where you could uh just uh just send all the tolerance they can possibly enjoy all yep. the enrichment i don't know i'll have to think about that it'll be interesting to see where this goes robin d banks man matt blonde and i once made hate we introduced Juan to our democrat neighbor what one of them without a rake she called the national guard to remove him right away we're sorry we didn't mean it i would call the national guard uh, no, I wouldn't. Who calls the National Guard? Uh, should we circle back? Should we do a few more? Do you want to do? Um, we have a minute. Let's let's do a few more. Okay. Um, injured Guardian. I just confirmed that my small business 2021 gross profit was taxed at 24. percent How does one keep a bucket of tar simmering? That is ah, <laughs> that, so much money. That's the spirit. Well, hey, corporate America is finally paying its fair share. Yeah, injured really. Guardian. I'm sorry to hear that. Doing your hmm. everybody should be made to lump sum their taxes on an mm-hmm. annual basis. If we all paid um, the check personally, people uh, might Boogie feel Man different. Nine one seven. Cheers, cheers to you, Mike David. Hey guys, no jogger jokes tonight. We're looking into something called Maker's Space private schooling for my three nephews. Are you all familiar with this at all and have an opinion about it? I am not at all familiar. Uh, I've heard. Uh, let me find the chat. Maker's Space is what it mm-hmm. it's called. I have heard of this, but I've never utilized it. If I understand, these are uh, like uh, community shops with all kinds of tools for making things and you pay a fee to participate there, but you can go there and you have all, all sorts of various tools to build cool stuff. You have access to that, but you don't have to necessarily keep all the tools at your house. If you don't have a garage big enough for all that, or really you can't afford all the tools or whatever. That's what I understand makerspace to be. I know we have one here in town. I've never used it, but it's a cool concept as far as I understand it. So, and especially if you've got, you know, three young men who uh, are in need of developing some marketable skills for the future, that's probably ideal because as I've mentioned earlier, I was surprised that they still have shop at this school. If you're in a situation where that's no longer offered, you could potentially use a makerspace for very little money and still develop the sort of woodworking or welding or machining or any kind of hands-on production skill like that. Yeah. Um, without having to buy all the equipment. Um, let's circle back. All right. All the neighborhood dogs just started going at the same time. Can you hear that? Uh, no, I couldn't hear it at all. Oh, okay, good. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. All right. Thank you guys for supporting the show. We'll come back to your uh, chats at the end of the stream. Why did I, I, I totally messed up my notes. I got to find where we left off, but I know we're going to talk about the, uh, the pending economic collapse or actually the current economic yeah. collapse so uh well what what happened here the market tanked after fedex said uh yeah it's time for global recession get ready uh, yeah a lot of people are shitting on fedex for driving their stock prices down because it was supposedly unfair to investors but what this guy said was totally reasonable and obvious so i'm not really sure why fedex shares were down 22 percent after he said this um he didn't say anything specifically about the company he was just talking about um about the shipping industry in general so they lost 22 percent after Raj Subaranian, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, was asked on CNN if he believes the slowdown in 
his business and other businesses like it are a sign of the global recession? And he said, I think so. These numbers don't portend very well. And then he was talking about how um, the global economy, particularly in Asia, how it's hurt FedEx and the demand for packages is way down. And everybody could already see that because of their uh, their Q1 reports. But then, but then their stocks just tanked. And then they already had um, had a shortfall of five hundred million dollars yeah. with their revenue target too. So, so they already slashed their earning forecast, time. and then he's like, "Yeah, well, yeah. what can you do? Global recession." And then, <laughs> and then they all and then went, they, yeah, exactly. and then everything went wild. A quarter of the company's stock price just mm. uh, stock value just, just erased. Wiped out. Wow. But but he was talking about industry wide, and that's fairly obvious. I don't know if you've had any um, any shipping problems lately. Uh, yes, but- I have. So have I, yeah. uh, as a matter of fact. Um, something showed up from Amazon last week. Uh, I opened it up. Empty box. Ah, nice. Nothing in it. Well, that's on um, Amazon, I'm, probably. That's not the shipper. That's just straight up Amazon. No, but I, I, I've been having a sub- suspicious amount of, of shipping problems. Delayed, yeah. not showing up, things like that. Um, yeah. I would imagine that some some of these at least have to do with the, with the sure. industry, right? Of course, yeah. Um, and then the August inflation report came out. So no surprise here. It's not looking very good. No, it was very, it was unexpected. It was very surprising. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, everybody was talking about CPI being unchanged in July. And so they were like, oh, this is a, this makes me hopeful for for future economy. But it's up 0.1% in August. Um, Food prices up 0.8%. Cost of food consumed at home increasing 0.7%. Um, and over the last year, food prices are up 11.4%, which is the largest uh, year-long increase since 1979. 1979. Hmm. I, as so, I, I said at the top of the show, I don't have the clip handy, but another thing that's worth watching from Biden's 60 Minutes interview that just aired tonight, he gets challenged by the CBS interviewer about inflation. He says, inflation was only up just a tiny little hair last month. <laughs> and the interviewer is like, well, what are you saying? 8.3% is acceptable. That's the most in 40 years. Yeah, but it's not going up. It's like the rate of increase is not necessarily going up, though. It actually is. It actually did yeah. increase in that way. <laughs> but yeah, as long as we stay flat at 8.3% year on year, uh, I'm sure that's going to be sustainable over a period of five, 10 years. Sure. Good luck. Good Lord. Um... The interview is just it's a, it's it's worth watching. There's a lot of crazy stuff said in this one. There, there really is no end in sight. Housing, exp- housing expenses are still on the rise, and underlying inflation is going to continue. I mean, I, I don't know what people expect. Yeah, like oh, well, the, not like this. the Fed is going to take care of this. Not yeah. this. That's why I love this Reuters report. Unexpected inflation increase. Where? What do you mean? Prices, consumer prices, unexpectedly rose in August. Where have you been for the last forever amount of months? Yeah, yeah. Unexpected. I know. Well. That's, I guess that is one way to interpret what happened with um, with Biden's celebratory party at the White House. Maybe they did expect better news, although I'm done giving them charitable interpretations, as, I'll, as we'll get to. I think this was yet another stick-poking episode. But as this news breaks about the inflation report, Biden is at the White House with this uh, celebratory party commemorating the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, thank God. The Inflation Reduction Act is right about to kick in. It's going to be turned on any time now, right in the nick of time. That was a close call, of course. We really need it. Uh, But it resulted in this hilarious moment where even uh, CNN had to acknowledge the president uh, is bragging about some sort of alleged 
economic achievement while the Dow plummets over a thousand points. It actually plummeted almost 1300 points uh, at the end of the week. Here was the scene. Let me see if I, oh, here we go. Here it is. Okay, you're listening there to President Biden at the White House. He's celebrating the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. He says that he's been fighting Big Pharma for decades. Um, but there is this unfortunate split screen right now with the Dow taking a total beating down more than 1,200 points. And so it feels like uh, it's hard to be celebratory for some people in the crowd. I actually misspoke. That drop, that 1,300 point drop in the Dow was earlier in the week. And then I don't know how much it dropped on Friday. Those were two separate drops. The one was the FedEx, one was the inflation so uh, yeah who knows they in both cases we had significant drops but um as i mentioned okay there's two ways to interpret that they knew these inflation numbers were coming out so either they were foolishly confident in those numbers looking at least comparatively good to what they have been for the last uh, few months or again just like the dark brandon speech every day they are poking you more and more hoping that you do a january 6th please <laughs> do a january 6th yeah uh, the CNN anchor there mentioned that Biden bragged about just how much he's fought big pharma. Even though uh, nobody has made big pharma richer than the guy who tried to force everyone to consume their vaccines. Still, Biden did offer a more detailed history. He said he's been fighting big pharma since he got to the Senate 720 years ago. <laughs> Say to some of my colleagues have been around a long, how long we've been fighting pharma, how long we've been taking on these interests from the time I got to the Senate. 720 years ago. I'm serious. Think about it. Let's be honest. I, I gather that's a Was joke. Was he joking? I mean, everybody chuckles, but then he says, I'm serious. I, I mean, I get he is just riffing, I think. But but what's the joke anyway? Hey, I've been in the Senate since longer than most of you have been alive. And all I've done is steal your money for my entire career. And what you do have left, I try to force you to give to Big Pharma for experimental jabs. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Great joke. Uh, whether Joe is serious there or not, it is seriously bad out there. How bad is it? People are starting to finance their groceries. They're seeking financing services to pay for their food. Check out this report from MSNBC. That means increased grocery bills for families and some of them turning to these buy now, pay later programs to essentially finance those grocery bills that allows them to pay in installments instead of paying that one large bill all at once. While these programs did give these families some relief in being no interest loans and having no late fees, this is a pretty big danger here that those payments add up over and over. And if you're continuing to use these buy now, pay later programs for every grocery bill, well, now you have a whole bunch of payments that you have to worry about. Good Lord. Is this where we're going to go as a society? <laughs> uh, I love that in that piece, if you listen to it, experts agree that this is a, a bad thing to do. Well, I'm glad experts agree that when you spend more money than you earn, it is not financially sustainable. Thank you for yeah. the expert advice. The New York Times ran a piece at the end of August on this same topic. And uh, there's a quote in here from one of the people they profiled. He says, uh, I don't want to be in debt for a carrot, but you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> okay. Uh, spoiler alert. That's just chapter one. Chapter two is I don't want to kill a man for a carrot, but you got to do what you got to do. Chapter three is I don't want to starve to death because there are no carrots, but there's nothing else to do. So I died. Yeah. 
Yeah, really. That's the uh, trajectory here. <laughs> Anything else uh, on the state of the economy and uh, whether or not we can buy groceries? I mean, this is uh, going to continue being a problem uh, indefinitely. I, I don't know what we're going to do here. It's still pretty bad. Uh, just the state of grocery shelves, obviously the prices, but I mean even the availability of certain products. Yeah. Yep. Um, frequently, we uh, it's not like we're buying exotic, lavish things, and we usually do our grocery shopping on the weekend. Maybe that's part of the problem, because I guess I get there after the rush of shoppers has arrived or something, but it didn't used to be this way. I've pretty much always done my grocery shopping on Saturdays for the last, I don't know, long as I can remember, many years. And products being as out as they still currently are, that is not something I experienced until you know the, the corona era. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the the problem of our time. Well, uh, let's get to uh, some brief updates in the uh, Mar-a-Lago raid story. And I do emphasize brief. We do have some significant developments. But until I can see some tangible evidence, I just am tired of this story, quite frankly. It's not that it's not important. It's just everybody speculating. Everybody yeah. claiming to know things. Have we ever gotten things. anything firm on this? Yeah. On the story. And this is how so many of these Trump scandals develop. Anonymous source says... Okay, get back to me when you have evidence from the anonymous source, and then I'll be yeah. interest, uh, interested. Well, the two sides, uh, as we discussed last week, submitted their nominees for special master in the Mar-a-Lago uh, raid case. And the only one that they could agree on was former federal judge Raymond Deary, who Trump's team nominated. Judge Eileen Cannon, who's overseeing the case, obliged and named Deary special master because the Justice Department did not object. So Deary now has responsibility to analyze the documents seized from Mar-a-Lago in August for both executive privilege and attorney-client privilege. Deary has received praise from both sides in this uh, dispute, in this investigation. But there are some points for skepticism and concern. He's not just a former federal judge. He's a former FISA court judge. Of course, the FISA courts are the secret courts that grant warrants for foreign surveillance and he wasn't just any fisa judge either he's actually one of the fisa judges who signed off on what mm -hmm. the warrant to spy on carter page which was based at least in part on what evidence that was deemed to be bunk namely the famous christopher Steele pissgate dossier wow they aren't so, even trying to hide this it makes me very i feel like i'm missing something why given that why would this be a Trump pick for the special master? What am I missing here? That that seems odd, but I can't claim to be an expert on Deary's career. So maybe that was just a, a blip on what was otherwise a stellar career. I don't know. But uh, in naming Deary special master, Cannon also denied the DOJ's request to block classified documents from Deary's review. Deary now has until November 30th to complete the review. So we may not learn much at all before then. Or maybe we will. The DOJ has a couple of appeals still in development. But if that's how the timeline goes, very convenient to maintain narratives through the midterm elections. Though, in fairness, I did read the government did ask for this report to be done by mid-October. So it wouldn't be fair okay. to say that it was the Justice Department's intent to uh, to keep a lot of this secret until after the election. But that is the effect. At least it looks like it's going to be the effect. So the DOJ uh, has another appeal. Um, previously, Cannon blocked uh, the judge in the case. Cannon blocked the DOJ from further reviewing the seized documents for any criminal investigation purposes until the special master's uh, uh, review is complete. The government 
under that order may continue to review the documents for national security purposes, however. Now, personally, I don't really understand that difference, and I don't really think there is one. The idea that these people are going to be strictly limited in only looking at the documents for the purposes of national security and not for the purpose of building some bunk criminal case against Trump. Either way, they're going to use these documents for political ends. So I just don't. I'm sure there's some principled reason why the judge thinks that's necessary as a matter of practicality. I just don't see it working out that way. Do you Uh, think that uh, they're they're going to find something? I mean, they'll procure something, surely. Or maybe they'll just uh, sensationalize it so much that by the time they don't find anything, people really won't give a shit. That's kind of what they did with the Ukraine quid pro quo call and the Mueller investigation itself. It just dragged on so long that they became controversies, even though people don't fully understand why. And they didn't end with any controversial conclusion. That's true. Maybe they're just doing that again. Mm. But uh, to date, as far as national security implications... Obviously, to date, nobody has demonstrated a specific actual national security threat. Now, to the other side of the argument, if you had that, of course, by virtue of it being a national security threat, you might not disclose that publicly, which I'm sympathetic to. But you're also putting pictures of all these dangerous documents in your legal filings, which then circulate Twitter to show us how the walls are finally closing in. If you're going to be secret, be secret. But they're not that secret. Instead, they put these photos in in their legal filings and they have all these leaks to the Washington Post to tell us how it's about nuclear secrets and and all of that. So I just don't buy the secrecy as a necessity when there are breaches in secrecy all the time in pursuit of uh, certain headlines. Yeah. Um, now, uh, where did I uh, leave off here? Regar- um, regardless, the uh, the DOJ has appealed for continued access Uh, to the documents for the purposes of criminal investigation. So the DOJ has now filed this new appeal again with the uh, 11th circuit court of appeals in Atlanta, which is where they made their appeal on the special master uh, uh, order itself that they uh, they're going to appeal and try to get access to these documents for the purposes of criminal investigation. While the special master appoint uh, uh, review goes on, I gather apparently possibly pending some appeal change to that, but that's where we stand that's really all I have to say because that's you know, we have moving pieces. But as far as the content, we still don't have new information. We're never going to get the information. Not Seem- that it even exists. Seems so. And of course, uh, in the last few weeks, we've all been called extremist enemy combatant threats to the Republic because uh, maybe you might like some border security or maybe you might like some economic security or. Maybe you'd like something less of a politically rabid Justice Department. But mere criticisms, of course, have been stretched into terroristic threats. Meanwhile, you have a sitting U.S. senator, quote, literally making a call to arms. On the and Senate nobody floor. cares. As long as she's a Democrat. Uh, that's just fine. Maisie Hirono, the senator from Hawaii, on the Senate floor this week, responding to a Republican proposal for a national abortion ban. Outright calling for a civil war. This is an outright attack on women in this country. That is how I see it. Madam President, I yield the floor, but clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms in our country. (laughs) Okay. Yield the floor. Wow. A literal call. Uh, Well, do you have any literal calls in response? Be careful. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, I know. I when I say something like that, I, I can't sleep at night because I'm I'm worried that the FBI is going to break into my house. I wish we could all speak as freely as this bitch. This is a literal call to arms that you would not have if I had my way. Thank you, yeah. Maisie Hirono. And uh, I, I have to discuss, too, the bill that she's responding to. Now, none of this is in any way to justify what she just said. Well, other than to say, listen, Maisie, if you want a uh, if, it's, if you're sincere about your literal call to arms in a civil war, go ahead and schedule the date and the place. I'm sure many will be happy to meet you for this yep. uh, mutual combat that you uh, seem so intent on. But as far as what she's responding to politically. She was responding to Lindsey Graham's proposal for a bill that would ban abortion nationally for uh, after 15 weeks. And uh, I actually do personally find what Lindsey Graham is doing here to be idiotic, um, both in terms of the actual policy, but also just as a political strategy. Now, some kind of federal abortion ban, I would oppose on the principles of federalism. If we're serious about this being a state's issue, as was the entire premise with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, then it has to be a state's issue. Yeah. And I gather, I understand that does mean that enables California and New York degeneracy. It does. I understand why people would be morally opposed to that to that degeneracy. I get it. But if we're serious about the division of power in this country and a, an appropriately limited federal government, I have to stick with that. But the reason I find this especially idiotic. Let's say that you take the other side of that and you say, well, no, I, I think this is a protection of life issue. I think that your right to life. I've heard people make the argument that your right to life is guaranteed by the 14th amendment. And that would justify such a thing. Okay. You want to take the other side of the argument? Fair enough. I understand why people would. Uh, but as a matter of uh, political reality right now, it, it's dead on arrival. You don't have the support in the house or the happen. Senate. Right. It is not going to happen. And so, so this all is you're, all purely symbolic. All you're doing is becoming the boogeyman that Democrats want you to be at a terrible time politically. You want to give them all the election, uh, all the midterm campaign ammunition that they need. Yeah, come out and do this. So again, this is not to go after pro life, the pro life position or something. Um, I, I frankly, I consider that my position, but the, it is to say that this is uh, number one a betrayal of the principles that we're supposed to be upholding uh, in, in terms of the overturning of Roe versus Wade and just a politically stupid decision. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Do, do you have uh, any, do you have a different interpretation of that? Uh, no, I do appreciate the gesture though, hmm. but it's futile. So he's mainly doing it for his image. I, but what is that image? Uh, he, he went on, he, he did a Sunday show this morning. I forget which one. And he said, well, if um, if being pro-life is politically unwise, then I don't care or something like that. Well, no, it's not it's not it's not just that it's not that being pro-life is a bad position or something like that. It's it's again about it's a question of who gets to decide these things. And uh, I, I if the problem with Roe, I guess, was the problem with Roe versus Wade one of division of power and who gets to make decisions? Or was it a problem of the enabling of abortion, period? I suppose to those who? are two I different mean, to, to interpretations. On the, on the right, it's primarily a principal issue about states' rights. Actually, that's probably not true. As soon as that came out of my mouth. I, like, I don't know. No. I mean, it might be more split. I think it's a principal I'm, issue yeah. on probably majority of both sides. Uh, yeah, I suppose. And, and that's fine if you want to make that argument. I I. Uh, I'm not saying it's an impossible one to make. 
But I do think if that's the argument that you want to make, that Roe was wrong because it enabled abortion and it ought to be banned federally, that's fine. You just can't make the state's rights argument to get there. That's that's the only problem with it. Okay. Anyway, we'll see if Lindsey Graham pursues it anymore or if maybe Lindsey Graham is just running uh, some kind of op on behalf of his Democrat friends. Who knows? Lindsey Graham, remember, he was cool for all of five seconds during the Kavanaugh hearings. If that, we got hoodwinked, too. (laughs) Yeah. Never forget, he even voted for Sonia Sotomayor. That's how crazy things used to be. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, he can't be trusted. Anyway, uh, you ready for even more updates in the BYU-Duke hoax hate scandal? I sure am. All right. Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. <laughs> you think they'll notice? It's the notice. hoax hate that just, I don't even have any backwards swastikas this time. <laughs> We're going a week without them, but it's the hoax hate that just won't quit. I got to say, this has to be probably the greatest run of a single hoax hate since jesse we are on week four aren't we it's many updates deep and uh yeah there there are there are more updates still in in the duke uh the the saga of the duke volleyball player rachel richardson who claimed without evidence that byu fans repeatedly called her the n-word during a volleyball game at the end of august now cnn was a major culprit of pushing that story as true without any evidence to support it cnn is now owning up though Supposedly, Uh, they're correcting the record with a new segment called Upon Further Review. Here is reporter John Avlon acting like it was uh, it was just everyone else who stirred up the outrage without waiting for the facts. It went straight to the front of the outrage Olympics two weeks ago when a Duke starter named Rachel Richardson made the explosive accusation that she and other black teammates were subjected to racist heckling. They stated that they had not found any evidence to corroborate the allegation that fans engaged in racial heckling. Healthy skepticism is always a virtue. Now, we need to note that the investigation does not call Rachel Richardson a liar or a fabricator. It leaves open the possibility that she sincerely believed that she heard repeated racial heckling. Look, (laughs) systemic racism is real and corrosive to the soul of our country. But facts always have to come first. Okay. If facts have to come first, okay, they basically called her a liar. Uh, she is a liar, by the way. Yeah. To say, oh, she she might have just thought she heard what, uh, she thought she heard the N-word. She said it was yelled the whole game. Yeah. Every time that she served. That was the claim. If it was, hey, I think I heard this once. Could you check that out? You don't That's think you me. hear it for hours on end. That's <sighs> not, it, there's no way to make that claim without lying. Uh, number one, the, hey, guys, systemic racism is real, is it at least in the way that you describe? If anything, this story proves that if a black person makes any claim of racism, no matter how outlandish, the entire system will rally around that person uncritically. Yeah, exactly. If this, this if the systemic racism was real, everyone would have pointed and laughed and said, that's what you get. And word. Ha 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 ha. That's what Tom Holmo would have said. Hey, everyone, laugh at the N-word. Finally, no one's laughing at me, Tom Holmo, and they're laughing at that N-word over there. (laughs) That's what systemic racism would be. Yeah, exactly. The system protected 
someone who is alleging racism. Healthy skepticism is good. Well, <laughs> great. I agree. Why did your network uh, demonstrate the opposite then? In fairness to this report, they did mention for about five seconds, hey, this guy was interviewed on CNN, but they really do not take a critical look in the mirror. They really do not emphasize just how crucial CNN as a network was in stirring the outrage that they're now yeah. condemning. Yeah. One of the original reports was Rachel Richardson's dad, Marvin Richardson, on CNN being treated as though this story was automatically true. The host apologized to him for the experience that his family had while he's telling the host, I wasn't even there. I watched the game on TV on the other side of the country, and I also <laughs> didn't see any any instance of the N-word. Here was the original report. This is August 29th. Division one volleyball match at Brigham Young University turned really ugly when black players from Duke University endured racial slurs from at least one fan in the crowd. Marvin, thank you for being with us. I'm so sorry for what your daughter has had to endure here. Okay. I'm I'm so sorry for this thing that definitively happened. Not allegedly, yeah. not reports say, not volleyball they player claims. They just make claims. the assumption that it has. But when it comes to child porn, let's uh, talk to the cops. Well, then we need a, an official yeah. police report. Yeah. Yeah. Um, facts, facts matter. And we need to think about these things before contributing to the to the outrage machine, says the network who had no facts and didn't bother asking for them against one of the people making the claim. That guy should have been. You don't even have to grill him. You could just ask him gently. No, wait, wait, wait. Did you you heard this? You saw this? No. OK, so you're sure. What did, what did your daughter say? What did the guy look like? Yeah. What exactly did he say? Nobody in the audience thought objected to this. So she has no probing questions. No, you can go back and watch the segment. It all grants mm. the premise as true and and makes definitive statements. This happened. What can we make of it? I'm so mm. sorry that it happened to you. I'm so sorry that you watched your daughter on TV. I'm so sorry that your daughter had the opportunity to play division one volleyball, probably on a scholarship. Again, the systemic racism strikes again. How much do you want to bet that that Rachel Richardson's race has something to do with her attendance at Duke and maybe something to do with her playing on that volleyball team? The systemic race, systemic racism in her favor is why she's there in the first place. I will yep. all but guarantee. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And, and it's not done. It's, it's still not done. Speaking of the uh, the outrage Olympics that John Avalon and CNN are condemning. Remember, I mentioned that uh, the, the South Carolina women's basketball team is not going to play BYU even though the basketball teams have nothing to do with this. It was a volleyball game and there's no proof that it ever even happened. Well, that was the decision of the university of South Carolina women's basketball coach. Her name is uh, Dawn Staley. And when she was asked, uh, are you going to stand by this decision to refuse to play BYU now that the investigation has come out that they did nothing wrong and there's no evidence to support any of this? Well, yes, I'm going to stand by my decision. She says, because quote, after my personal research, I made a decision for the well-being of my team. So, <laughs> so it doesn't matter at all. She's sticking by this refusal to play BYU on account of her own personal research. Now, I am no opponent of personal research. In fact, I think that's very important and I would encourage it. However, if you have evidence contrary to what the investigators found, you should disclose that. You yeah. should explain that. Definitely. This woman uh, apparently hates racism so much. She has found 
no evidence or she, she found evidence of this, but refuses to release it is is what is implied here. Oh, I researched it myself. They're racist. OK, explain. No, instead, you're, you're going to continue to pile on uh, an academic institution, a team of even if this was true, this is an absurd decision. Again, the BYU women's basketball team, they have literally nothing to do with this. Yeah, they, they're not. This is not the team. I don't know. Other than like, it's the same school, I guess. But it's a giant school and it didn't happen anyway. So why am I even trying to explain this? Still not done. <laughs> there was the uh, BYU football game played at Oregon in Eugene, Oregon. This was just yesterday. Oregon beat BYU. And at some point in the game, the crowd could be heard chanting, fuck the Mormons. No. Good Lord. That's not even clever. <laughs> it really isn't that good. No, uh, Joseph Smith joke. Come on. Yeah, Let's really. Get a little creative here. Or Protestant nonsense. <laughs> better. Catholics only. Yeah. All right. I I'm waiting. Do you think CNN is going to have the in-depth coverage tomorrow morning of this particular event? Never, never. Why? Why? I said this a million times. Why can't we take a page from the leftist book and then just not address scandals after they happen until well, they die out and then do nothing? We yeah, should would, say whatever we want. Uh, you know, loose hold of the truth. What do, what do people say? Fast and loose with the truth. Yeah. Is that a phrase? Something like yeah. that. And then uh, do report as we see fit that would benefit us culturally and then do nothing when people prove us wrong. Well, I'm a big great. fan of the it truth. Works every time. I don't I don't know. I don't want to go that far tactically, but I understand the point that you're making. Truth. Truth is a good ally. I'd like to stay aligned with it. We're always but, uh, issuing retractions and groveling apologies about making tiny mistakes on our podcast. I mean, on our uh, on our CNN show or whatever. Fox <laughs> News. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just think we could take a page from their book. We would do a lot better. Well, while you do that, I'm going to sit around waiting for the LeBron James tweet about this one. I'm going to turn it into a skeleton. Yeah, really? Uh, now, in fairness, I was going to say, how long will we wait until Oregon pulls the Tom Holmo and comes out and says, uh, we're so, so <laughs> sorry. They actually did. University of Oregon today posted an apology. It's your typical thing. University of Oregon sincerely apologizes for offensive and disgraceful chant coming from the student section. Blah, blah, blah. We don't uh, condone hate, bias, bigotry. What you expect. Mm. No. Uh, the spinoff episode here, this chant at the uh, Oregon BYU football game, it does demonstrate two things. Number one, it really is that easy to get cell phone footage when this sort of hate actually happens in public. Yeah. Casting so further So in the down. absence of cell phone footage, we should just assume that um, this didn't happen. Especially for a claim of something ongoing in the way, whenever there's a claim, something happened in a crowd of people for an extended period of time, but there's no footage of it. Yeah. Automatic doubt. Automatic doubt. That should always be the default. Uh, and then again, for all these claims of systemic racism, it remains generally true. It is only acceptable to publicly hate white people of faith in, in this way. <laughs> Seriously. If, if this is any other group, much bigger outrage. If they're black. Oh, yeah. Huge totally. outrage. That's what happened allegedly with the, the, the volleyball game case. If they're Muslim, imagine the outrage if they're Muslim. Any, if this is anything but white Mormons, national news. Yeah, then it's it's total outrage. Um, but we're supposed us, to, we're supposed to believe the system is designed to protect exactly that white people of of faith. I know Mormons might be 
some kind of oppressed minority in that hierarchy. But in general, white people of faith, the system is supposed to protect them under this theory of systemic racism. Yeah. Uh, no, it, the system doesn't give a shit if they're mistreated in this way. And frankly, like, I, I don't say this to, to be super protectionist of anything. Frankly, if I had my way, uh, chant what you want. Like, uh, I think as a society, we are too sensitive. And I'm not saying this was a cool chant. Well, people actually have to chant what they want. Well, yeah, this if you're going to go hard, go hard. This was this was a lame chant because it's not creative. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is, do, do I want a society where there's uh, I don't, a little more harshness, a little more competitive spirit? Among yeah, I'm into it. Or do I, I people or do, just generally need to be less sensitive? Yeah, well. I suppose the counterpoint would be it's not fair to go after them uh, per, uh, on, on the basis of their race or faith or whatever. Go after them on the basis of their team. All right. Fair enough. But we should still have we should still be open to a little more shit talking in a sports context or another competitive context generally, even if you don't like this particular one. Um, reason being, it doesn't have to be about faith or race or whatever. But the great thing about sports and sports rivalry is it is one of the few acceptable places to be quote unquote toxic against somebody else in what is actually generally a healthy way. That sort of rivalry, that sort of competition for the most part is good. And we've become so soft on it that, that we lose a lot of the value that uh, it actually contains. Yeah, exactly. Um, As a society, I think we just need to, become more hardy to, to words. Like, can you, can you think of anything somebody could say to you that would just make you lose your GD mind? Uh, yeah, they could say, here is a tip for the technical production of your stream. (laughs) I guess everybody's got something. (laughs) Yeah. Can't talk about my nose during pregnancy. So I get it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, come on, it's like everybody's acting like if they hear certain things, they'll just wilt as a general rule of thumb you you shouldn't be trying to navigate the world around you by limiting what other people can do and say because it, it increases your sensitivity yeah exactly like how can That's... you even go through the world like that you have no idea what people's motivations are what they're dealing with in their personal life you can't control anything that they do yeah that's a great way to put it what is what is human uh, the, the all-time human achievement but adaptation to our environment those yeah. who adapt to their environment survive. And it doesn't mean that your environment is just. It doesn't mean that your environment is fair. But your ability to adjust to the environment that you're in and to persevere through its difficulties is what differentiates survival from death. And uh, in this sports context, we're just talking about it in a very metaphorical way. But that sort of competitive right. spirit, that sort of survival instinct when faced with adversity that is important long term. It is important. And it's what's more troubling about that mentality, though, is that people believe they can affect change in the world so that they don't have to uh, to address their own faults. Yeah, that's actually the easier thing for them to do. Oh, oh certainly. Yeah, c- c- taking responsibility for your own failures is very difficult. But, but you'd once, rather change the world than yeah, take responsibility than from that's, your own failures. That's it's, why it's, it's a fool's absurd. bargain. Uh, yeah. And I can tell you from experience, once I started assuming that the things I didn't like about my life were my fault instead of someone everything else's fault, better. everything yeah. got way better. Even if they aren't my fault, because it encourages you to work harder, it encourages you to yeah. do everything you possibly can to fix it. Even if you can't, you'll still do everything possible. You'll fix more problems as a general rule. If you assume things that are in your life that you don't like are your fault, than if you point fingers outwardly. 
And people make an, a huge exception for this race thing. Like, why? Why is that different than anybody insulting any other physical characteristic than you that you have? You must think it's really important. Like, they, really important. I don't think there really is a rational explanation for that, other than it holds some sort of special emotional value. Yeah. But but my race actually does hold a special emotional value for me. And when people call me from the Young Turks, call me like a cave bitch or whatever. <laughs> I don't go and like cry and right. feel sorry for myself or what. I just don't understand this mentality. Why would you want that for yourself, for your life, for your people? Uh, yeah, well, it's it's not only impossible to control the entire world, but if everyone's entitled to that control of the entire world, it can never be achieved because everyone's competition for that control will always clash. Yeah, it's uh Wow. Uh, there is a lot of actually important philosophy, too. I, I can't believe it. we took a sports story and found a lot of value in it. This is an achievement for the show. Sports tell you a lot about society hmm. when they're uh, not being inherently gay. That is true. I mean, but they also tell us something about um, our desire for bread and circuses because we can't deal with the real issues of our society. Hmm. I mean, the entire emotional investment in sports is a, it's a real cultural problem. How dare you? The only it thing is. that makes me cry is when the Vikings lose. You're still doing that? <laughs> not not as much as I used to. The re- is this the- surprise cringe going to knock my socks off? Because that abortion thing, I, I, I couldn't. This is not in the, this is a different, this might actually be a heartwarming surprise cringe. Speaking of doing something about the world's problems, it's a great transition. Because this is a person who is doing something about the world's problems. And I say again, I'm not actually convinced this is surprise cringe. You tell me, but this is surprise cringe question mark. Hey, Utah District 12, listen up right here. There's a new name on the ballot for the Senate this year. My name is Linda Paulson, Republican and awesome. Love God and family and the Constitution. I want less government control and regulation. Want to stop and expose all political corruption. Where's integrity, morality, accountability? Government programs should lead to self-sufficiency and support traditional family as the fundamental unit of society. But in schools, they're pushing for new beliefs. And just to clarify this, because there's some who can't define this, as a female adult, I know what a woman is. Just kill okay. last line. Okay, all right. Uh, that was hard to watch. But as a white older woman, there's basically no way that she can be cool. So maybe <laughs> she should just lean into it. Lean into the lameness, I say. I haven't seen that, no. So that uh, that has made the rounds in the last few days. This is the debut campaign rap video of candidate uh, candidate for Utah State Senate District 12. As she mentioned, her name is Linda Paulson. The district is just west of Salt Lake City. Paulson is running against Utah State Senate Minority Leader, uh, a Democrat. Her name is Karen Maine. Uh, it does sound like Paulson is going to have to make these rap videos count because it looks like she's going to have a difficult challenge to be elected. In 2018, incumbent <sighs> Karen Maine won her seat by 69% of the vote in that district. Maine has been in the Utah State Senate since 2009. Now, the reason I... Ask if this is actually cringe. Is it a good song? No. Is it, uh, is the presentation rough? Yes. But is it about the right values? Yes. Uh, it got my attention and our attention in a non-degenerate way. It got our attention for wholesomeness. Without this video, I would never know who this lady is or her campaign. So I actually kind of like it. I'm not saying it's a good song. But I don't, 
it, it doesn't make me cringe my face off in the way that I think some people find a lot of cringe uh, in watching it. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm on. I'm. I'm on board with her campaign. I hope Linda Paulson wins. I hope she has more rap videos coming out in the next couple <laughs> couple weeks. All right. Uh, anything else before the uh, the movie review? Mm, no, I don't think so. All right. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 2004 Will Ferrell comedy Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, in which San Diego's top newsman has his seat usurped by his affirmative action love interest, but they ultimately reconcile under threat of bear attack to report on the city's biggest story, the long-awaited birth of a panda cub. From movie picker Troy throwing a comedy in for variety, Anchorman is probably one of the most quoted movies of all time, and for good reason, all cast members contribute to the humor of the film, and it is a fun film throughout. As always, your review and your rating. Uh, I'm going to get shit for this. Okay, so I remember loving this movie when I was younger. Hmm. Loving it. Um, haven't seen it in 10 years. What year was this? 2004. It's been probably more than 10 years, probably 15 years since I've seen this movie. Um, haven't seen it in forever. But I was kind of disappointed that it didn't hold up for me. Now, hmm. I cannot blame the movie. It's probably because of my crippling depression. Uh, <laughs> but I did appreciate the levity. It was a fun watch. So I gave it four out of five for nostalgia ah. and for the anti-feminist themes. And, ah. of course, for the um, dog punting. That's we are very closely aligned. I thought here, I thought you were going to shit out. You don't have any more to say you were preparing for what yeah, sounded I like just, harsh criticism. Uh, but I gave it, I gave it a high rating because of the nostalgia. When I watched it this time, I was like, this movie is not that funny, but also extenuating mental health. Is that because did you remember the jokes? Did they not? Uh, I've seen it you. a lot of times. Okay, so maybe that was a factor. But is that the only thing that held up? Is just it didn't get you to laugh in the ways that you remember? Or was it something about the joke writing or the performances? I generally am just not a, a huge fan of this kind of humor. But there was a time in my life where like, I really would have gone for it. It was like the grandma's boy, old school anchorman time of my what, life. Like what you're saying school, is Rebecca. the weed was missing. I actually, this might have been pre-marijuana. Oh. It was that long ago. All right. Well, but okay. maybe. Okay. Great story. Compelling, Compelling and rich. And rich. And that sounder, of course. I have to honor it for its contribution to the show in, in that <laughs> form. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Four out of five wikis, you say? Now that I'm saying that, I, I don't know. I'm surprised. I thought, I thought you were about to three out of five wikis. I thought you were going to drop like a, a one or a Four two seems crazy. I gave a lot of really I, I'm downgrading to three out of five wikis. <laughs> it's official downgrade. I should have shut up because yeah. I I do like this movie. Uh, is this this is something different. Obviously, I usually like to sit here and talk about philosophical dilemmas, some moral complexity in the movie that really got me to think for hours after the fact, obviously I'm not going to talk about that in this case, but that doesn't mean that I didn't like the movie. Now, like you, I hadn't seen it for, 
I don't know. It, it must be at least 10 years, maybe longer. I think I saw it in college. So late 2000s, somewhere in right. there. Um, so of course, I mean, I could, I could see the thing that I have to give credit to, even if again, like, like you watching this again, it's not like I'm rolling on the floor laughing in part because I remember some of the jokes and in part because some of it's just immature cheesiness that doesn't necessarily get me rolling in that way. But I have to give credit to the quotes that have stood the test of time. In some cases, I forgot certain quotes even originated with this movie. Right. 60% of the time it works every time I forgot that came from, I've just heard it so much. I forgot it came from this. Yeah. The boy that escalated quickly. You know, it's an, it's an old meme at this point, but it still checks out. You see it in response to all sorts of things. I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I was trying to figure out the two tickets to the gun show bit. Is this the origin of that? Can't be. I mean, it's in the movie. I don't know if, if it's the original version of that quote or not, but I have to no, give credit to be. its to its quotables. And actually, I think the writing is is very good. I don't want to undersell the slapstick bits because actually what made me laugh the most, I don't know how I forgot. I remembered the scene of the big fight where all the news teams come together and fight, but there's no touching of the face. But Luke Wilson's character getting his arm or was it? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, Getting his arm chopped off and then the bear eating it later. I love that bit. It's something about the like just kind of casual disappointment with being dismembered. But I love a callback in that way too, where a joke is sort of revived at the the end of the movie. Then I I went back and watched the bear attack in slow motion where he rips off his arm. It's so shitty as a matter of production. And I know it's supposed to be, and that's what makes it funny, but it's clearly like a big stuffed bear that doesn't even have movement. Watch it in slow motion. Luke Wilson. And there's a scene where her body double is terrible too. I didn't notice that. So it must've, must've got past me. But Luke Wilson's got both of his arms inside, or at least one of them inside the jacket. You can see it. And then the, the, the sleeve of the jacket clearly has a seam where it's designed to rip. And then his hand holding the mic is so fake. It looks worse than Chubb's <laughs> hand in Happy Gilmore. In slow motion, it really, it, you can see all of this and it makes it funnier because the high school level shitty production just makes the bit funnier. I love the jazz flute performance. Just yeah. the physical comedy of that was, was good. Uh, like you, I love the dog punting and I'm not trying to endorse animal cruelty, but it was just funny. <laughs> and also another point where the the shitty production made it funnier, even in the yeah. final cut. It's like clearly a shitty stuffed animal. They got at Goodwill just flying off the bridge. But in the uh, credits, you can see they're using a crappy stuffed animal that doesn't look like Baxter at all. And the failed punt, Jack Black's failed punt. I don't know if you saw it in the credits. Uh-uh. Yeah, he it's like a. a blooper and he tries to punt this shitty stuffed dog over the bridge but it doesn't make it over it kind of goes up in the air and he tries to volleyball spike it and it still hits <laughs> it still hits the the barrier um so a lot of the physical comedy was great like you i also picked up on um i don't know how much this is intended by the directors and the producers but uh there are there are subtle points of there are subtle points that are feminist critical um, and subtle points that are diversity critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, diversity is just an old civil war ship and it's anchor man. It's not anchor lady. Now I think they were trying to make fun of quote unquote male chauvinism just as much as they were trying to make fun of feminism potentially, but there's no denying the reality in the movie that chasing a career does not make Veronica happy. Right. She gets what she wants and she's still bitter and she's still enraged. Uh, it's only through yeah. Ron that she finds happiness in the end. I did love that scene where it's like a, a flashback to a 
or a flash forward to what she would want in a marriage, what he thought she wants in a marriage. Oh, I don't remember. Did I miss that part? Uh, where she's like, she's just wearing an apron and nothing under it. She's like, I've been cooking you dinner all day in the nude. What? Did, I don't and even they have remember a bunch that scene. How did I miss that? I, I, I wonder if there did are I different. Did I watch an extended version? Maybe there are extended scene. versions or something. Anyway, or maybe I just went to pee during that part or something <laughs> like that. Uh, only things I didn't like, not the only things, but main things I didn't like, I would have liked to see just a little bit more on air time from this crew. Like they're the, the, all the sidekicks are, are just as funny. Uh, and they have great lines and they have plenty of involvement, but they're the number one news team. They do have some on air at, at the start, but it'd just be interesting to see them interact in a broadcast more than they do. You don't see like the full weather report and the full sports report right. and all that. I just think there were some opportunities for comedy that may have been. Uh, not fully developed there. And then as far as the ending, I, if we're going to complete this uh, feminist critical story arc, it really, I would have liked to see babies with little mustaches or something like that. <laughs> like Veronica already had the, the anchor seat and she was unhappy, but supposedly yeah. now she's happy with this world news anchor seat with Ron. They kind of already had that though. And they still had their conflict. If their conflict was resolved through marriage and family, I guess I would have liked that better, but here's me sitting here trying to find some kind of deep meaning yeah. <laughs> in the end of this movie. I also thought the Bush white house cheap shot was kind of lame. Like, ah, ha, 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 you don't, oh, yeah. you don't like me. Bush. And it's not cause I'm trying to be Hilarious. protectionist about Bush, but it's like, this really wasn't a political movie overtly at least. Yeah. And then you have to be like, Oh, this dummy worked for Bush. Hilarious. Still, though, overall, I mean, it was uh, it wasn't actually funny movie. And so uh, and it's and it's quotes hold up and I enjoyed it. So it did get a four wiki rating for me. The early vote is actually right in line with both of us. Uh, fours and threes, the fives coming in third. So. People not as warm to Anchorman as potentially I would have expected. Really? Yeah. I'm kind of and actually surprised a, by that. A decent amount of hate in the early vote. It's a pretty even split among all all five possibilities. Uh, but ones and twos getting over a quarter of the vote so far. So there's a decent amount of hate for it. Uh, as far as the vote last week, the list was rejected. So Troy is disrespectfully dismissed get the hell out of here troy thank you for your <laughs> contribution to the show What'd they pick uh but the random selection random imdb top rated selection is get ready for another three-hour movie interstellar <sighs> have you seen it is that the one with matt damon i think i watched it um this is matthew mcconaughey nope, matt damon is uh the martian or whatever Ah, uh, does jessica chastain play a female scientist maybe i don't know <laughs> right, it's, it's one of the best movies ever according to the imdb Christopher Nolan. Okay, fine. user reviews it's just long so be prepared for that okay but hopefully i will get back from the hunting trip and be very very tired and be able to sit on the couch for three hours to watch this movie we do have uh new nominations for october from listener i believe it's sergey or surge i don't know but i i'm told it was sergey s-e-r-g-e Anyway, okay. new selections, new uh, nominations for your vote. John Q, uh, Weekend at Bernie's, The Truman Show, Edge of Tomorrow, Mahal and Drive, yes, Brokeback Mountain, 
makes oh, its no. nomination debut. So if you want me to revisit one of the few movies I had ever seen prior to this segment, Broke Back Mountain, we can do that. Not that I'm trying to tip the vote in any one particular way. And actually, to be honest, I'm not trying to tip the vote in that direction, but I have a feeling that there will be many a troll vote on this particular... But it would particular... be so perfect for your Broke Back Week and... It would be fitting, although we won't watch it till the week after, but the, the timing is right, yeah. Uh, I have also never seen it. The Patriot... I don't want to see two guys making out, especially someone as handsome as Heath Ledger. I, if I remember, well, the the, uh, the actual scenes in the movie where there are relations are... It just looks like two guys kicking each other's asses. Yeah. It's like fighting. It's really weird. Ooh. Oh, do they show a lot? No, it's not graphic. At least in, I mean, I saw it around the time it came out, which is like 2006. I remember I was a senior in high school when I saw it. What? Yeah. Forgot that you've seen that. Yep. I've seen it. Uh, mm. The Patriot, Mel Gibson, The Patriot, Oblivion, or of course you can reject this list as well and vote for a randomly selected top rated movie. Instead, uh, as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating Vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. Of course, that is mattchristensenmedia.com. And we are all set to catch up with chat. Cool. Let me reload this. All right. Who was the last one? We got Boogeyman. Oh, Wait I forgot to space. mark it. Is it Colton Regal? Did you say, did you say anything about? Yeah, that's the, up? the last one we talked about must've been the makerspace one. So it's, let's go with Colton tonight. I succeeded in not blowing myself up by firing 150 plus year old Nepalese Enfield musket for the first time. PS Matt, don't worry. The only thing that ever hit my uncle was his ex. wife. <laughs> he does like cigars though. Ah, thank you Ew, for the I knew it was a joke. Yeah, if, um, if people don't know what he's talking about, he joked that his his uncle was killed by cigars when he bent over to pick one up in a truck. And hit. you were like, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I could believe it. Uh, 150-year-old musket. I'd be kind of nervous to shoot something that old, to be honest. Hopefully someone yeah. checked it out so you know it's uh, it's structurally intact. Eric Nervick, greetings, Matt and Blonde. I just got married last Saturday. I'm finishing my honeymoon. I'm 29 and really regret not taking this step earlier in my life. Hmm. God bless I hear you. I got married when I was 29, 30, and it was too late to get, to get married. So, yeah, it's good. People should be getting married in their early 20s. Congratulations. And congratulations on being an Eric with a K, which is a name I always oh, yeah. appreciate. It Thank you for name. representing the Scandos. Nicholas H., did you guys see the Biden hate crime summit that thoroughly demonizes Whitey while completely forgetting to discuss any actual hate crime statistics? There are no hate crime statistics. I didn't hear about this. Thing. That sounds uh, something I'd be very interested in watching. So maybe I'll follow up on that later. If you, uh, well, I suppose I could find the link, but if you have a link to the video, Nicholas, send it my way and I will, uh, Jen Saki circle back after I get back from this trip. Oh, they want us to watch Mulholland Drive. I hated that fucking movie so much. I don't know anything about it. What's what's it about? It's like a surrealist, not plot-driven movie with some lesbian action. I'm not doing a great job of it. Sounds like I would hate it, <laughs> but I, I hated that movie. I know it's popular, but I just, I just, I've seen it several times. I'm like, I cannot get on board. Hmm. 
um, Kaylee Isaroff. Please give a shout out to Canadians banding together for Trudeau. Hashtag Trudeau must go. Trending number one feels like Convoy 2.0 with more people waking up to the BS. P.S. That teacher is not dressed for a shop class. Seems we'll find uh, out that this is some kind of joke at some point, I think. Uh, yeah. And if people see follow up information on the, the big titty training teacher, please send it my way too. if this is if this is a hoax, if we have been duped, bamboozled. I would like to see the update on that. Um, I'm not, I, I don't know anything about this Trudeau must go thing though. Do you? That's news to me. I did hear that it was trending and that's the extent of it. Are we talking just a literal hashtag or is there some kind of uh, it's a hashtag. event or some kind of thing going on? I don't know. All right. Well, if it, if it's about bringing justice to Trudeau, then I support it. Mm, Long Don John. Come on, Martha's Vineyard. They're just a- Oh, I'm sorry. They're just Americans with better food. Let them into your neighborhoods, into your homes, into your son's entry-level jobs, and your daughter's front holes. <laughs> Don't be racist. Front holes? That's that's what they were called um, in some kind of medical document. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. This was eons ago. What, so it was like in the name of what? Gender neutrality or something? Yes. Hmm. Oh, God. We were so mad about that. Can anybody remember what where where that was I'll see if i can find are it. you just googling front hole right now I'm, i'll be careful oh walter mellon that shop teacher obviously is just sharing his passion to build large racks with the youth hey <laughs> uh yes you're correct though headline uh, buzzfeed news um august 23rd 2018 front hole oh wait wait this says front hole is not a new word for vagina despite what the internet says a safe sex guide specifically created for queer trans intersex and asexual people was picked up by conservative sites and all hell broke loose well now i need to investigate more because it sounds like it was called a front hole i don't Carry on. really understand how that's gender neutral though because if you're trans don't you purport to have a vagina you don't have to call it a front hole and if you're a dude you only have a back hole I mean, <laughs> yeah, it says right here in the BuzzFeed story to be more trans inclusive. The term front hole was used as one possible name for genital anatomy in the guide. Right. But but they're always talking about how they have real vaginas and they're real women and all this stuff. So why would you even go about calling it a front hole? I think this is the case. I, I, I think this is for someone who is trans female to male where you have a vagina, but you consider yourself a man. So the front hole. Oh, would be, I guess that makes perfect sense. The same sort of thing as a guy's pee hole. I went off this ride, man. <laughs> Long Don John. I just read that. Uh, the Simpsons since 1990. I like how these leftopians uh, deem the migrant dump a political stunt. I like to call it shoving their money where their throats are. PSI survived San Francisco last night. Nine ten. Well, congratulations. I wonder yeah, uh, really. I, I, if you have any scenes to share, go ahead. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah, well, if, if the Martha's Vineyard thing is a political stunt, then what is the status quo? I mean, every, every single day yeah. is a political stunt times a thousand, times a, thousand, a million. Right. Do you want to read some of these? Uh, yeah. Watermelon says that shop teach obviously just sharing his passion. Oh, we, we did this one. All right. Uh, sorry. Uh, Carrie Green says stuck at work for another hour. We'll have to watch both of you late. You guys are awesome. Well, thank you, Carrie. Very much appreciated. Uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, all the best at work. And thanks for your support for the show. I am not going to be niggardly. Greg Olson says, did you see the NBC News meet the press on September 15th, which did a piece called Christian Nationalism on the Rise, which focused on Christ, uh, Christ Church 
in Moscow, Idaho. It is pastored by Doug Wilson. Pastor Wilson had a good response regarding what was cut out. Well, thank you as well for your support for the show. Uh, I heard about this. I am not going to be niggardly. But I don't, I didn't see the interview. Did you hear anything about this? Mm-mm. Okay. So uh, all you Christian nationalists in Idaho got unfair treatment on Chuck Todd's show. Um, again, send that my way. And maybe um, I, I'd be interested in hearing what the pastor specifically had to say in response. If you have that uh, curious what the interview process was like for him. Incompetent hand says, I want an episode where blonde controls the soundboard. I could listen to three hours of Matt trying to get a syllable out only to be inter- interrupted by Justin long or Vijaya, maybe for blonde's birthday. I don't know, man. That's a big ask. It is. That's a lot yeah. to surrender. It is. Yeah. I haven't played Justin long in a long time. Do we still have that one? No, I think Susan banned it. That was the one where he said, you talk like a, a fag and your shit's all retarded. Yeah. Susan banned ah. that one. So, Let's see. Uh, Matteo says it's a, it's a real dude under that mask for all his flaws. Trump said they're laughing at us, a bunch of jerks in this country until we get uh, real about demographics and resources, guys. Politics is secondary. Uh, who's the real dude under the mask? There's a real dude under that mask. I forget which mask. What mask guy were we talking about? I'm sorry. I lost the context. But okay, uh, this was would have been in the middle of the show. <laughs> uh, I apologize, but thank you, Matteo. B. Does Gordon. he mean like um, under Trump's facade, like behavioral? Facade? Oh, he doesn't mean literal. He's talking right. about Trump specifically. I thought he was talking about a masked guy because we still, of course, deal with masks frequently under oh, Trump's. Matteo is totally right about that. Though. Ah. Okay. Yeah. yeah until he's we saying he's saying wait, under Trump's mask. For all his flaws, he said they're laughing at us, bunch of jerks in this country. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that much is true. We're getting taken advantage of from a demographic perspective. I think that's what he's saying. Yeah. B Gordon six, four, seven says they were deceived. DeSantis told them they would be welcomed in Martha's vineyard. That's that there was deception on that front. You're right. It didn't work out that way. Bahena fam says it's called the dirty hands clause. It's like, uh, someone trying to sue the Coke dealer for selling them 80% Coke when they were promised hundred percent. You have no right to sue with dirty hands. That's true. I've heard, um, I've heard judge Judy say that in the various daytime episodes that I see, uh, you can't come to court with dirty hands. I will not help people with dirty hands. And, Who's getting hundred uh, percent cocaine. I don't know, but you gotta uh, live in Columbia for that. Yeah. Um, she did used to say that, didn't she? Yeah. So I guess that must be a, a legit legal doctrine. She's still alive. Oh yeah. Is oh, she yeah. still doing her show? There's a there's a new one on Amazon. Uh no, it's not on Amazon. It's a free you can get it on Amazon Prime. But it's um it's free on whatever the I think it's like the free TV network or something like that. Really? She lost the rights to Judge Judy through some sort of dispute with CBS. So now it's called uh But who else could No, now whatever. it's called Judy Justice is what it's called now. Yes, if you had to choose another name. <laughs> yeah. Apparently CBS owns the the rights to Judge Judy. Or someone does. Not even Judge Judy owns Judge Judy. Oh. That's why you never sell, all right? <laughs> never sell out. Trust me, I get never go to the blaze. <laughs> I get so many offers every day to buy the intellectual property that is this yeah. show. Um no, We've but been Siri- offered millions and millions of dollars <laughs> so many times. Every practically weekly. No, but seriously speaking, um, it, it is something to consider, not just for us. I don't mean for for 
us specifically, anybody, if you own a piece of intellectual property that you think has value, even if you have an opportunity to really cash in on that, it's important to think about that carefully. I'm not saying judge Judy got a bad deal. I don't know if she did or not, but when you sell away your rights to something that you have invented and developed, created, um, that can, that can end badly. That can, it can be, you know, it could be a real bummer. So I, I would have to think a lot for someone to, to buy the rights to my stuff or, you know, my creative product in that way. For me. Oh, I've, I got a price though. hundred bucks. No, it's higher than that. I would, I would <laughs> sell out this show for, I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. The thing is that you could go straight and go corporate, but I never could. <laughs> so the show is worth less to me because ah. you have alternate career opportunities and pathways. Uh, maybe. Well, I guess we'll find out someday. <laughs> or well, did you already do the? Uh, I have Ridge Chubby Stubby and uh, Othridge Runner. Chubby Stubby. Um, Martha's Vineyard doesn't have places for the migrants, but there's several residents available on Airbnb. I saw that yeah. too. They do, and they clearly everybody clear, clearly has some kind of backhouse. If fifty people decided to take a vacation at Martha's Vineyard tomorrow, I would bet there's housing for those people. Now, of course, the difference is. Those would be paying customers. And as a matter yeah. of principle, you have the right to withhold your property exclusively for paying customers. I'm not arguing that you don't, but I am arguing that it is in contradiction to the values that you publicly advertise otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. Um, OTH Ridge Runner, the 2.5 million is the number apprehended and leased. Only one in four apprehended per ice. That's 10 million illegals this Ooh. year. Holy shit. It, it could be. Yeah. Why do they even want to come to this country anymore? It sucks here. Like, deal with your cartel stuff. It's not that bad. It's like one in six of you gets disemboweled by the cartel, but you but you got tacos. It's fine. That cartel video is pretty bad. I always bring it up. It's pretty damn bad, but I'm never going to watch it. Megan Gartner, my boyfriend Chase has recently got me into your show, and I'm really enjoying it so far. It's his birthday today, and I know he would love it if you could wish him a happy birthday. Good job, Chase. Wow. Thank Good you, job. Chase. And uh, happy birthday. And uh, thank you, Boyfriend. Megan, for, for joining the five or so females who watch That's and true. listen to this show. Chase, you should probably propose to Megan. Immediately. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Savvy D. The world needs more blondes, not the hair color. The YouTuber. <laughs> wow. Thank you. I haven't made a video in like three months. Hmm. It's day. coming. Well, I've been working on these people. Like I, I yeah. really have my sights set on some people. Yeah. And I want them on my show. Um, Matteo. Guys, if I could waltz into somewhere and laugh at the natives, I, I'd go this point, too, because uh, it's over. Unfortunately for us, it's riding out a, cat, a Category 5 hurricane and watching your home and nation flooded forever. That's how I feel. I mean, do, you still have hope, it seems. Uh, it's getting harder and harder to hold Everything it. Everything hinges <laughs> on the upcoming elections. Uh, but even that, it's like, let's say that that goes as planned. Again, this is not me sitting and thinking... Well, we got uh, we got not Democrats in Congress. That's that. Everything's fixed. No, it's it's uh, it's a stopgap. Right. And there's a lot more work to be done, but um, it, it's it's harder and harder to hold on to hope uh, on a national scale. But I think you combat that as we talk about frequently by just building the best version of yourself and your family that you possibly can, and enjoying the days that you have until someone comes to tell you that there aren't any more. And then you hope yeah. that you've prepared enough to deal with that when the day comes. But yep. uh, 
don't know. Other than, uh, I, the only other option is sitting around and just uh, letting the days waste away because these people intend to take them. And if you give them the ones that you have now, I mean, they really have taken everything. So they've taken everything from you. Yep. Michael Anderson, um, RW means in support of strong central government, monarchy, or arguably the church. Left-wing is laissez-faire small government, so fascism and socialism are both right-wing. Communism is left-wing because it evolves to no state. Hmm. Fascism and socialism are right-wing. But communism, this is what I've but never understood, though. That, that, that doesn't make sense. For all intents and purposes, socialism and communism are the same thing. One, the distinction, as far as I understand, being the basically the state ownership of the means of production versus the right, state versus management of the product of, of the means of production. Yeah. Like the state socialism being such strong regulation of the means of production that there is borderline ownership, but they're really just telling you they're telling private owners what to do with it. In communism, they literally own the means of production. Yeah. Uh, a, a slight distinction, I suppose. But what I don't understand, and I'm not trying to take shots at the, the reasoning here. I, I genuinely don't understand this. So maybe there's a, a, an explanation that I haven't heard. Uh, communism in, evolving to no state or the concept of anarcho-communism, I don't get at all. How, how is the distribution of resources going to be achieved? Who, how is their collective ownership of the means of production without a state? How does that, how does any of that work? I, right. I, I don't understand. I so. am inclined to disagree with this. Hmm. Um, do you want to read some of these? Thank you, Michael, by the way. Matty O says, uh, guys, I, uh, we, we read this one. Sorry. Um, Michael also says, right wing, left wing were coined during the French Revolution. Supporters of the monarchy sat on the right wing. Our language is bent into pretzels. Reagan, conservative, not right wing. Sanders, right wing. Ryan, uh, left wing, conservative. Hmm. Uh, but who's Ryan in this case? Is he talking about Paul Ryan? Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose if you want to define terms in, in these different ways, perhaps it, it could be argued. It's hard for me to think of it in the way that you're describing with such a limited um, opportunity for detail in this context. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, for me, I, I don't if we're talking about the state, a, a heavy handed state that does not respect the rights of the individual, to me, the motivations behind why they would do that, I, I don't necessarily care about i suppose if you wanted to push back there are probably better and worse reasons to violate the rights of the individual but the point is the rights of the individual are of paramount moral value yeah and if you violate them even for quote-unquote good reasons you are you're violating a paramount moral principle savvy d says uh the world needs more mats, not the welcome ones, the YouTuber. Well, thank you. I always being confused with doormats has been uh, a struggle my entire life. The Mike David Smoke Show says, found out my lady friend is a huge Wu-Tang Clan fan. Uh, put her over my knee or just get a new girl. Well, I don't know. Here's the best thing I can say. I, you'll be shocked to learn that I am not a uh, an expert in hip hop history or even hip hop the current status of hip hop. Everyone likes the Wu Tang Clan. Come on. I couldn't even tell you a song, uh, to be honest. I don't. I don't know. But I do know. Don't they sing first day of the month? Am I, maybe. Am I wrong about this? Hold on. But I do know that Martin Shkreli likes the Wu Tang Clan, and he is not just redeemable, but I admire him. So if Martin Shkreli is okay with Wu Tang Clan, I think, uh, I think your your girlfriend has a chance. Am I wrong about this? I don't know. 
Uh, wake up, wake up. Nope, nope. Something different? All right. Uh, that's why everyone tunes in for our hip hop takes. Clearly experts. <laughs> Ramiam says Hirono was calling for a big group hug. Oh, thank you for clarifying. It was everybody coming together. Call to arms. Thank you. That's what you meant. Jimmy P says Graham isn't a moron. He's a uniparty shill trying to sabotage the Republicans. Maybe he is. It's the one and only issue they have to stand on. And uh, like you said, it's dead on arrival on the Senate floor. And maybe that maybe there is something like that. Is he an idiot or is he a hired hand by more uh, malicious forces? What are you? What? Bone thugs. That's who that is. Bone thugs. I don't even know who that is. Sorry, guys. (laughs) All right. Uh, General grievance. Hey, what the hell? Oh, I, had, I, <laughs> I had a great sound. Did you get to play that sounder for me? Shut up. There we go. Silly woman. There was an error in the playback. It was much better mm. timed when I originally clicked it. Blonde and I once tried to make hate, says General Grievance. We tried we tried up a real banger of a super chat, but Susan Wiki Wiki has no sense of humor and every variation of spelling for censored. Uh, we parted ways disappointed. Yeah, you guys, you guys who try to get certain uh, spicy chats by Susan know my pain for trying to edit a clip for the show. I edited yeah. that Axeman clip at least five times this morning, trying to get it through Susan's <laughs> system. And he doesn't even ax anybody. I've shown much more violent clips on this show than yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. We've showed some shootings almost in their entirety on multiple occasions. Pretty much. Yeah, like, generally, you get in trouble if it's up close and extremely graphic. But you can su- often show sh- shootings at a distance. Anyway. Logan Orr says, oh, you want to go? Oh, go ahead. Uh, um, Logan Orr. I we should think of a I, system, you know, so know. we, we were doing know. like groups of four. We'll figure it out. Bear I swear I never go to college. Now the, uh, the VA will be paying for my bachelor's degree and pilot's license. I'm so not excited. It's really hard to turn down things like that. It's just, you got to do it, right? Well, if you, if you're pursuing something like a, a pilot's, a pilot's license or, you know, turn it into something worthwhile. Uh, sure. Uh, take advantage of the opportunities that are given to you. Yeah. Um, don't go and do some ridiculous nonsense, get some nonsense degree. And I say that as someone who has a nonsense degree in political science and actually values it, but I wouldn't advise it, especially currently. Yeah. So sure. take the opportunities afforded to you, be smart about them. And you know, I don't, I don't think there's any problem with that. Knuckle hunky buck. Did you hear them shout these awful epithets at your daughter? No, nah, we don't watch women's sports. <laughs> Nobody does. That is correct. Um, Ooga Boogaloo. Regarding the Little Mermaid remake, the most insulting part is casting a black character in a role that that requires swimming. I know this is fantasy, but come on. (laughs) We didn't even have time to talk about that. And uh, I have to reload. Uh, I mean, everybody's talked that one to death and I can't I don't know that I can add much more than everybody has already said. Yeah, it's yet again, just forcing an established character into a racial role for the sake of. uh, I don't for the sake of making every everything for the sake of blackwashing everything, I suppose it's whitewashing. I love the the red dreads. That's that's the kicker. It's uh, I kind of feel for this girl, though, because like she's totally getting memed by the right. And it's all that picture of her, like with her horse face, like staring. I, like, I just I feel for her. She just she just got some acting gig and now she's totally screwed. It, it is. Yeah. Well, it, it might be rough for her. I, I got to look at this now. Do you want to read a few? Yeah. I get a picture. It is the it is the weird red dreads, though. Like uh, you're going to go black, but then also add this somewhat white trait. 
and I couldn't remember. I, I, I was trying to remember the plot to the little mermaid. Cause I've, I've not seen it since my childhood. I couldn't remember if the red hair was a vital plot point or for, if there was some reason why they would have to make her hair red, but people correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there is, is there, she doesn't it's have so to be iconic other than that's Ariel, but it's not like the red hair plays a specific role in the plot. Halle Bailey. Yeah. I thought it was uh, Halle Berry when I first read it. I thought, what? She's uh, she's like 50 or something. How is she Ariel? Generally, yeah. I'm not into black chicks, but she's pretty hot, except she is so wall-eyed. Oh, even better. Have you looked at this chick? She's hella wall-eyed. I saw the, I saw the uh, trailer. No, so. no. You got to look at her like straight on. All right. I will really evaluate how wide the eyes are. She looks like black Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, you know what? Too wide. I'm out. Are you serious? Too wide. What? Yeah, too wide. And Anya Taylor Joy also. Uh, she's too pointy. She's not pointy at all. She's too pointy. Ugh, whatever. She's <laughs> a smoke show. I don't care what you say. Um, the, people tune in for the the real commentary. Yeah. Let's see. Yogi the cellist just started a new job with Costco, opening a new warehouse in St. Louis. As a fan of both Sunday and Wednesday show, cheers to both of you and keep up the great work, Matt. Guard your holes this week. <laughs> Wait, you're moving to St. Louis to work in a warehouse? This is the last super chat we'll ever hear from him. Godspeed. Uh, yeah, no, really. congratulations. That's great. Um, and thank you for uh, tuning in for your support for the show. I will guard my hole. Yeah. Move to Ledoux and commute. Uh, searching for adventure. Matt and I once made love. The pillow talk was incredible. The romance was genuine, and I encouraged him to adjust the audio. He left in a fit of rage. The makeup sex had us both in tears. All right. Thank you. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. <laughs> knuckle hunky butt there's another man i once made love he was really nervous so i promised to just start with a tip for the technical production of his live stream <laughs> wow that's a deep one knuckle just ease him into it ease into the back just hole. the tip just the production tip just the production tip into the back hole yeah. um, hold more hey truth stickers is a nice illustration of a roman fascia on the back of an old dime what do you suppose is that string around the bundle holding it together i think maybe ngos hmm Hal Edwards, Thank white you, rap, my favorite. Were we rapping, or was uh, no? The it's lady, uh, it's the, Linda the Paulson, lady. the the whitest rap you've ever seen. So white. Uh, the fourth watch. Remember, F. Joe Biden sounded like "Let's Go Brandon." A BYU chant could sound like "N word U," or many chants can sound like "Elsewise," depending on mindset. I don't think that there was anything that even resembled that, though. I think that she fabricated the entire thing. Yeah, they couldn't even produce really anything chanted, and. I get your point on F Joe Biden, but I don't, I remember talking about that at the time. Did the reporter actually think it was let's go Brandon or was she just trying to cover? Because that chant at the time was pretty clearly F Joe Biden getting let's go Brandon out of that. She shouldn't have addressed it. I don't think she ever did. As far as I'm aware, I don't think she ever explained at least not that I recall. Kaylee Isseroff, not a hoax. My be my boyfriend's cousin sees this dude walking her neighborhood. Must be the big titty tranny teacher. Oh my gosh. Wow. Regal, considering having a gunsmith check it out, but then I remembered that I don't have a will to live and dropped a double powder charge. Uh, oh, I smoke pole took it like a champ. Recoil was a bitch, though. Oh, well, Ed, as long as you didn't blow your hand off or something. Not a problem. Hal Edwards. There's a video while a lawyer goes through Judge Cannon's special master order, rakes the DOJ over the coals, including ordering no leaks. We'll send it to both of you when I find it. Thank All you. Right. All right. Thank I got to reload. Colton uh, Regal. Oh, we got him. I have to refresh then. General well. Grievance is the next one. Okay. 
we got to fire up the old Dominion voting machines uh, and get the and get the Patriots elected. Ah, so he's he's endorsing some fortification in the favor in in the favor of the Patriot or in favor of the Patriot. Uh, that is a seriously fantastic movie. If it's not a five wiki rating, you're going to have some problems. Just kidding. But also not. I, I you know, the last time I saw it was uh, junior high history class when we had a substitute teacher. That movie really? was uh, I'm not sure how historically accurate it is, but that is the context in which I saw it. Remembering what I do. I'm sure I would probably like it because uh, it has a lot of good themes to it. It has themes of family, has themes of righteous vengeance, I suppose, even though I'm often a, a critic of such things. But, you know, I'm getting warmer to righteous vengeance as time goes on. Uh, the themes of American patriotism, obviously, the themes of the yeah. uh, the Revolutionary War era, which I love. So I, I'm sure I probably would like it if I watch it again. Matt and Tina says... Uh, I don't I don't like I hate the can't stand the those are all blanks. What's a fellow to do? I hate you, but I love you. I'm confused. I actually am confused by that chat. I don't know what that I am. Means. I, too, am Th- confused. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, let's see. Knuckle Hunky Buck also says it. The harder it gets to hold on to hope, the more we must. Nothing worth doing was ever easy. Keep laughing and smiling and never give up hope. Well, it's getting harder and harder each day because the stuff that was happening in uh, our society, it used to be funny. But it went on for too long, and now it's sad and scary, especially this tranny stuff. Like, I no longer hmm. find any entertainment value, even the shop thing. If this happened in 2016, I would have thought that was hilarious. Now I'm like, this is so funny. I love a good joke run into the ground. In fact, for a lot of jokes, running them into the ground is the joke. But it is, uh, it, you know, it is getting a little old. Uh, yeah. But th- thank you, uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck, not only bringing the humor, but bringing the wisdom as well. And uh, I share your perspective. Uh, thanks for the encouragement. Thunderstorm says fascism was a reactionary movement in Concord uh, with the Pope to oppose Bolshevism slash communism, national socialism, uh, Vici, Vici. What am I missing mm-hmm. there? Anyway, fascism are the same thing catering to the ethnicity of those regions. All right. So we're getting, we're, we're carrying on with the technical political definitions. I'm not prepared to debate them, unfortunately. So I'll take your word for it. Mike David smoke show says everyone was talking about the little mermaid, um, but what they did, but what about the travesty they made of interview with the vampire? I don't know that show. Do you? It's a movie with um, Tom Cruise and Kirsten Dunst. And I want to say Brad Pitt. Oh yeah. I'm looking at the cover art right now. They made of who made a travesty of interview with the vampire. There were strong pedophilic themes in that. Uh, there's a Comic-Con trailer that just came out in July. Oh, this is a new thing. I thought he was talking about way back when. Yeah, so the, the movie with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt is 1994. Apparently there was some new, it says season one, so maybe a new series that, that came out over the summer. Hmm. Looks like it may Why? have been uh, diversified as well. Nobody has any original know. ideas anymore. No, you can't think of anything new and good. You just have to shove uh, people of color into stories that have already been told. Let's see. Uh, Holden Mulray says to focus on self-improvement, family community is is the wise choice. A Gen X or white pill in the 1980s, the two greatest threats to the U.S. were the USSR militarily and Japan economically. They both fizzled. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe we'll we'll outlast. Um 
but uh, thank you for the perspective and for the thoughts. Esoterica Unbound says, got nothing to add to your takes on any of this week's stories. You guys are starting to sound like the voices in my head. Welcome to Boomerdom. Well, if if you think your thoughts in our voices throughout the week, that is uh, that is an achievement. That's awesome. I'm proud That's of that. devotion. Let's see. I need to refresh, but I think we're about Hill finished Billy up here. Deluxe. Yeah. You have to look up redheads substituted by blacks. What was uh, the previous? What is this? This must be a Little Mermaid. Thing. It's about Little Mermaid, but um, let me look it up. Do you want to grab the? They did it. They did it in Annie, didn't they? Uh, Preston Oxen shirt, Oxen hurt, Oxen hurt. The Ging- only thing. <laughs> it's called ginger swapping. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> That's what <laughs> that this is. Like a weird sex thing. The only thing worse than getting soundly defeated uh, by a poser team, Oregon beat, beats BYU, is their actual hate being overshadowed by a proven fake story. Can't believe this story hasn't gone away. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this uh, and, and it won't. It, it, it's a, seriously speaking, as as we were talking about with some of the the themes of um, sports rivalry and stuff. This is a great demonstration of how stories are manufactured, despite the truth. As yeah. I mentioned, I can't tell you how many Twitter replies I saw to the Oregon apology that still think this really happened. That BYU deserves what happened to them because they are a bunch of bigots. You just manufacture the story the truth might catch up later the evidence or lack thereof but a lot of people maybe a critical mass of them they just see one explanation of the story briefly and it sticks in their mind the truth never actually uh, gets to them uh, yeah. as as far as um ginger swapping yeah there apparently is a history of this i'm reading a whole article of how many really? times this has been done so gingers are an important minority they deserve respect too Despite what some people may believe about their souls and whatever else. Let's see. Are we all uh, caught up? I think so. All right. And we are uh, good on D live as well. Thank you guys as well for tuning in over there, but we will uh, call it a night. Thank you for uh, tuning in live as always. Thank you for your chats and thank you for your fact checks on us and everything else you provide while we, uh, while we have the show live. And if you're listening uh, on demand later as well, thank you kindly for tuning in and supporting the show. Also, if you're looking for more, if you can't get enough, you need more to listen to. Of course, you can check out the podcast platforms of the show, the audio platforms. They're linked in the description and over on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcasts. We have the replay of the call-in show every Wednesday. We have some of Blonde's interviews. We have extra stuff you may not find on YouTube over there. And speaking of the website, if you're looking for anything show related, you want to find the latest episode, you want to pick up a t-shirt, you want to uh, j- get in touch with us, uh, head on over to the website. MattChristensenMedia.com is where you do that. We'll be back next Sunday if I didn't die in the wilderness somewhere trying to get an elk, because if it's Sunday... Sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not me the press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great week. Bye, guys. Bye.